Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I'm joined by regular co-host, a one Mr. Andy Conduit Tanner. Hello, Ben, and indeed, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to all, and Merry to Black all... Merry Black Christmas. Merry Black Christmas. Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a good fright. Oh, because it's our podcast. How you all doing? <laughs> Because it's a bloody horror podcast. See what I did there? And I didn't even plan that. That came straight out. The pun master. The plan master. I mean, I'm doing good. How are you? Are you feeling, are you feeling festive? We're officially on, on date of recording one week until Christmas time. Until the Christmas day. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty festive. I've got just a couple of days of work left. I've been watching more Christmas movies. But you know what? I say that I haven't hit a lot of my... Big Christmas essentials yet. I'm hoping for a quiet couple of days to catch up. I haven't done any gremlins yet. Oh, no gremlins. Not gremlins. Uh, and of course, it wouldn't be Christmas Eve, probably, usually Christmas Eve, where I sit down, gather my family around me, get the dogs, you know, sitting all in a cup, put in our matching jammies, have a little, get in a, have a little sleepover. Hot chocky walkies on. Hot chockies, get some little marshmallows floating around in there and sit down to watch Christmas classic Jack Frost. Oh, Jack Frost. I wonder where you're going to go with that then. We'll get him on. Before you're going to go. Jack Frost. But either or, eat both of them. Just, no, just never, seen the, never seen the nice Michael Keaton, never, just a dad that wants Michael to make Keaton. amends. Michael Keaton is a musician, I think. And neglects his kid a, too much. A and cool, then... famous musician. And then he's off on tour all the time and then he becomes a, a snowman. Yeah, no, I've only seen Bad Murderous Jack Frost. Mm. And that's how many sequels has that got? Just the one. But that's not a Christmas film. That's a summer holidays film. Maybe we'll do that this summer. Obviously. <laughs> well, you say that, but we haven't even done the original yet, Andy. Oh, of course. Not as a right, straight we'll, up classic we'll do, standard we've just, episode. We've just done it as like a, a touchdown. Maybe we'll do a proper Jack Frost episode next Christmas. Sounds good. So it sounds like a plan. Um, How about you? Know... Are you feeling festive? You all, you decked all your halls. 
I mean, all my halls are decked. Uh, Christmas presents are mostly, mostly bought. I don't know how festive I'm feeling though, because it's definitely. I'll get there. I'll get there. But I need, yeah, I need to watch some Christmas classics as well. Despite the fact I've watched three Black Christmas movies in a row, um, my my stat. I usually do a Home Alone, a Home Alone two, but I usually these days I'm so familiar with those films. I've probably seen them upwards. Just of... close your eyes and imagine them. Exactly. Um, but I usually put it on as in the background while another Christmas activity is happening. Present wrapping. Yeah. Uh, anything else like that. Get Home Alone on in the background because, you know, I could recite it. And Home Alone could be considered a horror movie for anybody who's terrified of home invaders, um, being lost in, in a big city, um, a man salting bodies with a with a massive yeah. sorry misunderstanding though it's just it's just an old man it's just a misunderstanding and such a misunderstanding that when you get a chance to be nice to this kid just slam your hand down right next to him on the on the on the counter when he's covered in blood slam your hand down as hard as you can and glare at him and if he thinks that you're a murderer or something that's his own fault for making that assumption but yeah. just slam your fist down and glare at him and then Force him to shoplift and the same thing happens in the second one the same thing happens in the second one. Every instance of scary um, pigeon lady is terrifying until the moment when she speaks and she's all all nice and soft-spoken. She sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire, dear. Um, maybe it's because they're just a bit shy. Macaulay Culkin, big star. That's true. I'll tell you what, Uncle Buck is also, despite it not being a Christmas movie, that still gives me the sort of vibe, the Christmas vibe as well. Um big time and stuff like mrs doubtfire as well you know sort of like family movies that aren't necessarily christmas movies but still give you we've conjured it though but now we've, we've spoken about jack frost we've about we've revealed if you hadn't read the title that we're talking about mostly one but in in essence in the spirit like three christmas ghosts three yeah like christmas movies today have you got any other sort of horror recommendations for christmas ben any horror things that tickle your I mean, christmas fancy last year's christmas episode was silent night deadly night which i think is good and the ridiculous nature of the sequel as well is also um worth watching uh yeah gremlins horror jason i mean it's kind of a horror film isn't it that's always that's always a good time always enjoy that um what other festive festive horrors have we got christmas horror um, we had this in the barn that we saw a couple of weeks ago yeah, nice. well, if you have if you want a new one for this year, put that one on. Yeah, definitely. Um, is that there is like some sort of horror Grinch movie, isn't there? But I think are we are yes. we believing it's around the about mean, the same? The mean one. The mean one. Are we thinking it's about the same sort of level as? Sorry, but the old Winnie the Pooh film. You know what? I couldn't comment. I haven't seen it, and I don't know where it's streaming. I saw a physical live, honest to goodness copy in. HMV in London when I was there a few weeks ago, but yeah, I couldn't comment. I haven't heard the Winnie the Pooh one had a lot more buzz around it. I think there was a lot more going on. Buzz like a bee's buzz. Buzz like a bee's buzz. It's just honey buzz. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. but um, I haven't heard much about the mean one other than the fact that it exists. I've not seen any visuals of its Grinch or anything like that. Yeah, obviously Krampus. Obviously, um, oh, Krampus Export. is very good. Rare Xbox is pretty good. Can you say, can you call The Thing a horror, uh, a Christmas horror movie? Bloody snow everywhere. I guess it's cold, but is it? I mean, you'll probably get more flack for that than you would for Die Hard, right? So it's not actively Christmas, although yeah. some people pointed out it could be a uh, um, Christmas Chronicles prequel. It's how he yeah. finds himself up in yeah. the wrong Christmas, pole, that's the South Pole. 
So Christmas, bloody Christmas, which I think we we saw last year. I don't think we did a main episode on it, but we covered it. No, um, yeah, we talked robot, about that. Robot Santa. You, you weren't too keen on that, right? Well, I can't remember, really. Now I look back on it, I think it was all right. Wasn't I it? liked it. I liked it. Christmas. I thought it was just a lovely bit of fun. I think you didn't uh, like it that everyone was super cool and had like pithy lines. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, maybe that. But I think as a concept, like Robot Santa is still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like cool it, people, so I, I enjoyed it. Oh, but I love cool. I like cool people as well, but I won't accept it when I think they're cooler than me, Andy. All right. I won't enjoy that. Oh, go. Bloody hell, that's not fair. Um, I'll tell you what film I don't like, though. And I'm going to put What's it that? out there. And I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I have no time for a better watch out. And a lot of people I see people saying, Oh, better watch out. This is a great alternative Christmas horror, uh, Christmas movie or, or a Christmas horror. Don't like it. Something that makes me blind with rage rather than anything else I can't enjoy. Do you remember is what it, this one is? is? Yeah. Um, I've only seen it the once. I feel like I quite enjoyed it. Do you like it less after? I won't spoil it here for anyone who hasn't seen it, but do you like it less after the, a certain twist? I mean... Yeah, I think so. The I one at like, like the halfway point of the movie does that put you off? Yeah, I just don't like. I just don't like it. It's it's a horrible. It's a mean spirited film, but like not in a way that that you can kind of get on board with. It's a mean spirited yeah. film where you're just like, oh Jesus Christ, surely not. This isn't on. Make, again, yeah, it makes me blind with rage rather than going, yeah, do it. No. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I can see tonally that might take you out of it a little bit. Mm. Um, we have um, it's a wonderful knife. This year as well, if you haven't seen that yet, that's on yeah. Shudder now. If you have, if you've it got is that on platform. Shudder, highly recommend that. That's a great, uh, interesting spin on a slasher movie, and also, yeah, a, f- a festive slasher movie. And then we've um, said it before, but Jack Frost all day, every day, Christmas puns, slashing, Shannon Elizabeth, um, other actors, good oh, yes. times. And is it Deadly Games? Is that sort of um? Is the Home French yeah? It's the French yeah. pre Home Alone, Home Alone, pre Home Alone, Home Alone. Yeah, where it's like Santa turns up and a kid goes, "You know what? You're having it." Or is he an evil Santa? He's not even a Santa. It's just he's just a bad man, like a horrible burglar. Just a bloody bad man with a beard, isn't it? Why are people breaking into the ice when little kids there? Kids are scared of the dark. Yeah. So there he says, but he's. I think he's been. Um, stalking him online, like he's been. All right, it's me, Santa, online. Do you have a house? Yeah, I do. And he goes, right, that's the address. I'll come around and burgle it then. Come around and burgle it. Oh Jesus! Yeah, he's a bad, he's a bad Santa. You're asking um, for trouble, really, aren't you? Yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of. I think Christmas of all the holidays, um, is one that I think we get the most horror content out of. Anna and the Apocalypse. That's Christmas. Oh, set, isn't it? Oh, that was so good. Oh. Christmas Carol or Scrooge, any form of Scrooge film, bit scary as well. Is a is a ghost story. I would maintain this. I'm going to go highbrow on this one. One of my favourite ghost stories. Oh yeah, very nice. You like you like a Bill Murray Scrooged? Um, less so than the original. I I think Scrooge has a good place, but it's no replacement for just a traditionally acted Christmas Carol. Ever so good yeah. on stage, go and see it at your local theatre, support the arts, ah. but. Um, I'm gonna go see it on Christmas Eve, actually, Ben. In uh, are you? the Dundee Theatre, taking my parents. If they listen to this, spoilers for your present, everyone. They don't listen. It's fine. <laughs> um, um, We're gonna listen to this podcast for one week before we come and see you, just to prep ourselves. Oh, they're, they're driving up next week. Might listen on the way. 
But no, I'm going to take them to see uh, Christmas Carol at the Dundee Theatre. Ever so good. We watched it there oh, last wow. year. But then, of course, when it comes to acting that out, you can't do much better than the Muppets. So on Christmas Day, I have a little cry. Yep. That little, little frog boy is going to upset me like he does every year. That little frog boy. And, of course, Michael Caine playing as straight as he ever has in any movie. He's not acting like he's with Muppets, is he? No. He's acting like he's... With the like finest he's actors in, a, in town. A Shakespearean production. Which and he it is, is, you know. Which he is. It is a, especially if you've read A Christmas Carol, quite a chilling ghost story as well. It's um, it's a great one. Always yeah. got time for that around Christmas time, even in the face of a world where we've watched three Black Christmas movies. Three Black Christmases all together. Did it feel like um, a slog? For you, or did you feel are they different enough to make it feel like that? It's kind of like watching three different, very different films. I think I got away with it in the order that I watched them. Um, I went original recipe, Black Christmas, then yeah. I did brand new, newish 2019 Black Christmas. Was that your first time watching that one? That was the first time I'd seen that one. We'll get into yeah, thoughts on that a bit later, and then I went back and finished with 2006's Black Xmas, which I saw at the cinema when it came out. Got a Did bit you? of a soft spot for. Got a bit of a Got soft a spot for soft... this Black Xmas. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit... I'm not sure if I've seen it. However, like, there's so much familiar about it. I don't know if it's just a cast or what, but I was like, maybe I have seen this before. I think, yeah, it is, it is a lot more enjoyable than perhaps it gets credit for. And by gets yeah. credit, I don't think it gets much credit, especially in that sort of era of slasher movie, like 2004 to 2006. Um, I guess, yeah. And it goes it's pretty hard. hard. It does go hard, yeah. It does. There's two bloody... There's a bloody yellow bastard. There's a there's a that yellow bastard, and I tell you what, don't let your kids watch this, because people getting plastic bags, bags on their heads like anyone's business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't put Health and safety nightmare. Exactly. Everyone will be having absolute health and safety nightmares um okay so before we get into our trio of black christmases black christmas black xmases um any right horror news a little bit of horror news obviously well, we've got a little bit to round off christmas things are kind of slowing down a bit aren't they around the world so you know people are looking at things and going what's that i could save it till january that's i bet you're like enjoying that sentence any we'll we'll circle back in january we'll pick this back up in january people yeah that. Um, even better when you get to be the one saying it uh. January, oh, please. Yes. I'll do I want. Talk to me about uh, that then. A little bit of news. The X-Files is reportedly plotting a return from producer Ryan Coogler. Yes, Ryan Coogler, the same man who directed Black Panther. Um, he's still attached to produce a brand new version of the X-Files with franchise creator Chris Carter. Um, he had apparently teased that earlier this year. So Disney, obviously, Disney got their mucky pulls all over that, haven't they? Um, they're developing a new version of it. Um and it will, would feature a diverse cast. So you might not have a smoking man anymore. It might have a vaping man, all right? Or, oh. or a vaping woman. Or a vaping kid. Or um, a kid who smokes cigars. Don't know. Um, obviously, the show originally ran from 93 to 2002. And then we got some extra seasons in 2016 and 2018. Don't know if you watched any of that. In uh, no, because I, I just didn't get around to it. But I'd like to, especially now... X-Files is one of those shows which is now tantalizingly all available in a place. So tantalizingly like, all available. I could hopefully just start, I could in just the start best, that again. Hopefully in the best possible quality. Um yeah. 
And yeah, it's good. 2016, 2018. I remember I definitely enjoyed it because it was like X-Files is back. Oh my God. Wow. Um, But I don't remember it being like, this is better than it's ever been. I remember it being like, this is fine. Um, There's the talk of this one at being a, not a continuation, but just new X-Files. Well, I don't know. I think, right. I hate to say it, and I, I I hate to say it because I'm I'm always for new things. I enjoy new things. There is absolutely no way it can include anyone other than Mulder and Scully, played by David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. So right? you couldn't. So that's what I that's what I nah. wonder. Though. Not could until they're recast, dead. Not until could you they're recast in the Mulder earth. and Scully, right? or could you have just this is about some X Files in a bit way in a in a bit like you might have a Star Trek, right? You don't have okay. oh this is. Um, Patrick Stewart playing Captain Kirk. Now this is Jean-Luc Picard. Could he have like, oh, here's some X-Files. The drawers are still absolutely chockers, mate. Loads of unsold X-Files. Right, loads of, loads of Get it. a couple of new lads in to do it. Spooky Mulder. Um, spooky what, someone then? else. Spooky and Simon. and Spooky, spooky Simon and uh, the, the other one. Skeptic. <laughs> Skeptic. Um, Sandra. Sandra. Oh. Looking for Sandra. Sally almost said Sally. Yeah. Um, what and then have Mulder and Scully as like legacy characters who pop up now and again yeah. and just uh nah, you know, a bit enough. like when you've got like a, a legacy series and you know some of the old ones pop in. Like when I will right. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to to agree with that as a concept for almost anything, but X Files, I ain't having it, mate. <laughs> I ain't having it. I'm going Mulder could be the new Absolutely the, not. It could be the new Skinner, except to be really supportive of oh. people looking at the X Files. It'd be like they have literally X Files, yeah. Get in. They have as many as you want. The best chemistry of any two people that have ever been in anything. Even more so than who else has got good chemistry? Um it's Jack and Rose in Titanic. Actually. Fraser's actually, brother. I disagree and... with that. I disagree with that because the, the love story of Titanic took place over about three days. I'm like, ah, get over each other. God. That's why she let him drown. That's why she let him drown. I mean, I'm always, I'd like to see new versions of, of anything. Ideally, and I think, you know, if anyone's going to reboot this or, or even have a new version of it, I think they're going to know that the very first version they have to deliver is with classic actors in it, in the roles. If they have to do something else, I'm happy with it to be called the X Files, more files, or <laughs> something like that. The X Files colon something. The X Files colon. We got the drawers are still full over here. Oh, the first X Files could be like a Doctor Who thing where Mulder and Scully fall into an X Files, and yeah. the the mysterious thing that happens transforms them into different actors. Ah. Oh. Doctor so Who's you done. acknowledge as part of the story, a bit like um, um, obviously Evie's there were... character in the third Mummy film where she goes, "I feel like a completely different person." She's oh, by a different God. actor. That was never <laughs> forgiven, was it? No. Um, I guess so. Doctor Who style, they could just like transform. We get that, uh, but yeah, that might not work. Um, Okay, the other bit of news is we've got a picture of Willem Dafoe as a mad vampire hunter in the Robert Eggers remake of Nosferatu. Um, and of course, he famously played Nosferatu actor Max Schreck in the 2000 movie Shadow of the Vampire, which I think I mentioned recently is yeah. like the, the weird sort of like meta. He's an actor playing Pseudo a Pseudo documentary, but, but also but fictional. He is, he is a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, obviously, he 
obviously Willem Dafoe has been in all the Eggers films. He's been in. Uh... Oh wait, no, he hasn't. Sorry, <laughs> he's been in a Eggers film, The Lighthouse. <laughs> That's what I meant. He's been in a singular Eggers, and now he's in the remake of this, and he's playing a human who's hunting the vampire. And one week after seeing uh, Anthony Hopkins playing Van Helsing himself, now we get Professor Albin. Eberhardt von Franz doesn't quite roll off the tongue in the same way as uh, Van Helsing. But he describes the character as a crazy vampire hunter. And the picture we've got of him, he looks crazy. His mouth's wide open. He's laughing. Gone nuts. Um, crazy. So yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned this before, but it will release Christmas 2024, December 25th, 2024. Silly. Cinemas will be closed. A, cinemas will be closed. B, or a movie. Nah, people will be flocking to it. Yeah, I think some, do some cinemas actually open on They must do. I don't know, but they open, who's going? I don't know. I might. Uh, <laughs> you'd fall the bloody turkey. You wouldn't eat it on popcorn. Oh, you'd fall asleep, wouldn't you, immediately? Yeah. I say that. I went to the cinema last night. It was ever so warm in there. I was nearly falling asleep, and I wasn't full of turkey. But, but I woke up when I realised that Godzilla was coming. We had to do um, some reading, don't you? Because we had subtitles. Oh, yeah. I had to do some reading. Ever so tired uh, of reading in the dark. Right. I'm fine with that, man. I'm fine with that. I'm a man of culture. Um, and the last piece of news is a game that neither of us have played, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Alan Wake 2 has won three awards at the Horror Game Awards. Slightly different to some other Horror Game Awards, which I think we've already mentioned from recently. But it won uh, Game of the Year and... A few other things. Um, Still haven't done it, and I've been deeply impressed that it hasn't been spoiled to me on the socials yet. I guess yeah. that is the wonder of Twitter being dog shit these days because I've already been on there, which means you I can't think... instantly look at people posting screenshots of spoilers yeah. in the ending. I think even like major spoilers of things, I think you've still got to like read something or like watch something so if, if you can identify it as a potential spoiler you can just keep scrolling um because there were some suicide squad kill the justice league so spoilers today have you have you heard about those ah thankfully again there we go shit i've been on it there we go and i was scrolling for a while and i didn't see anything of of note so there we go um but yeah alan wake won horror game of the year best narrative and best soundtrack resident evil 4 won some stuff as well including best performance for nick uh as posto ladies aka Leon. Um, most anticipated horror game? Any oh, ideas? the new Silent Hill. Correct. Or the re right. the remake of Silent Hill 2. A good quick answer. Um, most accessible horror game, I guess that means for the accessibility options, not the fact that it's just... Hang uh... <laughs> on a minute. Oh, is... there was something that got like loads of plaudits for accessibility. Um, you have to tell me. The Last of Us Part One. Okay. Um, I'm assuming like the 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 new version for PS5. I feel, uh, isn't it fair? Isn't it meant to be a fairly standard thing now? You think it would be at a hardware level rather than even it being coded into games that for things like quick time events, just holding the button rather than having to get yeah. people to mash them should be fairly normalized now, right? Yeah. Yeah. To I be honest, so. I could do without smashing the buttons all the time. Just hold it nicely. <laughs> There's a bloody boulder rolling down past me. Get out of um, But yeah, I think Alan Wake winning big is good because I think despite the fact that I enjoyed Resident Evil 4 and Dead Space this year, they are remakes. So it's good to see like a new, a new sort of a title. A new thing, yeah. A new thing, even though it's a sequel, but still like a new thing. Win big. Um, and obviously the big hitters won more so than any indie games, but still, but still, there's still plenty to play. And Alan Wake 2, 
if it's not going to get a physical release, I'm going to have to take the plunge and just yeah. get the old digital fella Bloody get on with it. Bloody get on with it. You telling me? You telling me to get on with it? Yeah, I am. So you should get on with it. I know oh, I've yeah, had mate. all the time in the world to buy it but not play it. But no. Um, well, it's in many ways, ways you're, you're, contribu- you're contributing to that success, Ben. You're, if you want a physical copy, they go. It's a soldering mill. We should do a physical copy. But that's what'll happen. I'll be the final purchase of a digital copy that pushes over the over the limit, and then they go, "Let's do a physical copy," yeah. and that's what Senior, I want. Sooner you do it, then it's all right. They're waiting for me. Uh, there we go. So that is the horror news. I guess we should move on to what we've been watching, and we got a couple of things to discuss this week that we've both seen. Right, yeah, both together, not together at the same time, but both in the last seven days together in spirit. At least, um, but yeah, in the last seven days. So the big one is the cinema release of Godzilla minus one, uh, the Takashi Yamazaki Toho Godzilla movie. Um, what would you call it? Just like a re a, a retelling, or not not necessarily it's just a, a it's just a story. A stand, just it's a... a standalone Godzilla film, right? It it doesn't exist in this as a sequel or a follow on to anything else. It's set. In Japan begins at the tail end of World War Two and then goes to just after it, and mm-hmm. we then just when the country's at zero at its like darkest worst hour, having just you know had to surrender at the end of the war, having oh is that what it means? devastated? Is that yeah, why it's yeah. called minus one? Yeah, it's. I think it mentions it in one of the trailers. So the country had reached its lowest point. It was at zero, and then what's can you get worse than zero? Yes, he can. Here comes a I'll Godzilla. Tell you what, Godzilla got terrible timing, hasn't he? Yeah. What a bastard. Yeah. But he is a bastard um, in this, right? Yeah, he's horrible, Godzilla, and this one. Not friendly, save you from other monsters, Godzilla. It's Godzilla in a traditional sense where he is uh, a threat, an allegory for nuclear war and devastation. Um, yeah. And did you... What sort of screen did you see this in, Ben? Was it? A I, didn't, I didn't see it in an IMAX. I did see it in a standard screen, but you did see it in IMAX, right? Yeah, it was on the IMAX near me, and it was so good. Um, not only huge screen, good for big Godzillas, but I can't think of a time that I've been to the IMAX screen where I've had any specific comment to make about the sound other than, oh, that's good loud right. noises there are bits like um i don't want to go into spoilers because we're not doing the whole film really but there's a bit where he fir- where godzilla first uses his big atomic breath on like a ship that is fighting him in the thing mm. and generally i genuinely i felt like almost physically buffeted by the boom of the sound in that cinema uh, i felt like i felt the the breeze come past me on it it was so heavily impacted. The sound design on that film is incredible between the really heavy sounds that really give the film a lot of weight and the, mm. I mean, it's the classic, probably remastered and rearranged, but the the Godzilla march, the score that's on there when he's oh, marching yeah. through this, it's so good. Really good, yeah, 100%. What did I you make of the imagine. film? I know I'm a, I'm a Godzilla fan, but what did you, what was your thoughts? As as we watched a lot of films in the IMAX for Fight Fest, like I could understand how the sound because even like standard films in there were like boom, and it was like the sound mix was ridiculous. I can only imagine what a film like this is. Um, 
but yeah, like I'm a, I, I enjoy Godzilla films. I'm a casual sort of enjoyer of Godzilla films. I'm not super up to speed on the history, especially the Japanese ones, but I've seen, I've seen plenty of them. And yeah, this one, I feel like it's probably the one that gets the story, the human side of the story, which is always the bit that's like, the bit you don't really care about, isn't it? Yeah, put Billy um, Godzilla on, boring. Put Billy Godzilla on. <laughs> this, bloody hell, human story is amazing. So Believe good. it. So many good characters. Like, you really felt the plight of, of everybody involved. You're really rooting for everybody involved. Um, yeah, and it doesn't feel like military propaganda, essentially, because it's almost like the the people who are again this is a, not really a spoiler but kind of um the people fighting back are kind of just like citizens, civilians they? right They're just people. civilians with with military experience but still civilians kind of fighting back because of the of the inter the, the sort of politics surrounding different countries that's really realistic now you can't fight back against godzilla because if you do we'll be fuming about it yeah oh, and also like I kind of love the the films where like where they get it just right. It's not like a oh the army are trying all these weapons and maybe there's something that it'll that'll work. It's just like Godzilla is really well represented in this film as just this such an unstoppable force. Yeah, like you really feel it. Like when he's destroying certain, it's just like ah oh, what. Well, there's no one left alive, and when they when they give you the number of people who were killed, you're like, oh, what are the hell? God, and that was him just unforgivable, popping in real quick into the into the town. It is, yeah. yeah I, I loved the human story. I generally, if I didn't have plans with you this evening, Ben, I'd quite happily sit and watch this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels like one, one to yeah. one to see again. Um, it's like epic. Like it's made for the big screen. It's beyond epic. Um, special effects are amazing. I'm assuming that like that's a, it's a f- a mere sliver of of the budget for what would be like a, a Godzilla yeah. King of the Monsters, for example. And that's one of those things uh, as well. I think I'm so glad to see this going going well. I'm just going to quickly look up the Godzilla minus one budget. Um, but the um, what they do with so little, I think it's obviously. Japanese uh, productions and cinema are very, very different. They're not got the same yeah. sort of budgets as we as we used to seeing from a from a Western film. But it feels like they, it feels like they got an awful lot out of every single penny of this film. And you oh, don't, yeah. it doesn't 100%. like it's very different from when they've spent that much money on these things. I can tell that it must have cost them less, but I didn't think I was taken out of it by the effects at all. I oh, think no. the Godzilla looks really good. I'm literally, I'm not looking at it thinking this looks cheaper than a Hollywood blockbuster. I just think I, I think I knew that it was, it was a bit cheaper, um, or a fair bit cheaper. And that's the thing. Like sometimes you can get the, the sort of huge, big budget special effects of certain these big Hollywood blockbusters almost like neuters them a little bit, where you really don't care and you're just looking at stuff flying around and you. So you know I mean, I feel like that with the last few Transformers movies, where I'm I, like, I mean, yeah, you couldn't name a single person who was in them actor wise definitely couldn't name a, a character whereas this i feel like godzilla minus one the first thing i'm gonna think about is the human story rather than there's a bloody great dinosaur man roaming yeah about. i love i love the cast i love the crew that he has on his ship it's funny yeah. in parts i really cared about this bits. there were moments where i think this is one of the things that you get because you don't it's not like a film where you see like it's uh, got a Tom Cruise or a Brad Pitt in it. It's like, well, you're going to be fine. 
Yeah. Because I don't, you don't know so much about these things. You feel like there's just moments where you're going to rip this out from under me and you're going to lose someone in, like that you really like in this film. Yeah. And sometimes you do. Um, sometimes but there you were moments do. where literally like I was, you were just holding your breath because they get the power of Godzilla so right that he could just destroy them instantly. Um, he, just oblit- he could literally do a, do a nuclear bomb directly into your face. Yeah, and you'd be destroyed. Um, I found the budget, 15 million. I mean, that's nothing, is it? That's literally nothing. For, for a film, like, no money. Yeah, and it's going to make a lot as well, because I think it seems to be the first the first one that's really captured the attention of of a huge part of mainstream audiences. I think with someone like Shin Godzilla, I was aware of it, and I know a lot of people were, but this feels like it's got a big, it's got a decent cinema release, so people are going to see it. I mean, someone like Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I was comparing it to, Budget one hundred and seventy to two hundred million. Yeah, they're not even, so they're not even willing like, to give you the actual budget. That's like even charitably one percent of the budget, probably less. Yeah, and they did yeah. such an effective film, I think, with that. And I think like the human story in the Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters was always one where I'm like, oh bloody hell, get on with just it. Just get get on with it. Just get out. Just get out of there. Get out of there. The press Stop a button that calls Godzilla and. Yeah, get out of there. Stop it. Uh, stop it, Millie Bobby Brown, reaching towards Godzilla. Is that what she does? I'm pretty sure she does. Yeah. I'm going to reach, even though I'm a minuscule ant in comparison to you, I'm going to reach towards you and hope you, hope you recognise me. Notice me, Godzilla. Yeah. But this, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of it. If you're listening to this uh, podcast around the time of release, and certainly if you're a UK listener, it is on UK screens this week. Yeah, with films like this, you don't know how long they're going to be in cinemas for. If you get the chance to see it on a big screen, especially if you're anywhere near an IMAX that's screening it, go see it. You will not be disappointed. Um, you don't have to be a huge Godzilla fan. You have to like good films. No. Is all. Yeah, I think that's it. You have to like good films, and like it didn't just feel like a Godzilla movie. Like I was getting some. There's definitely some like Independence Day vibes about it. You know, like everybody yeah. rallying round and like. We're gonna do whatever it takes to make sure we protect this shit. It's really good. Yeah, I really and it's like it's quite funny and sweet in some places. It's like brutally sad in others. It's really, really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, check it out. Okay. Um, the other thing we were gonna talk about as well, something that we've watched again, not horror essentially, but it's got some horror focused things that it focuses on within is FPS, the first person shooter documentary. If you listened to my bonus episode with the Terabytes um, producer fairly recently, um, Dan, then you will know that first person shooter was something, the documentary from Creator VC, the makers of In Search of Darkness, the 80s horror movie documentary. If you like games, and if in particular you like games, where you can see it from the perspective of the character you are, and you can see the little gun or fist, do some shooting. And of course, sure, lots of non-horror games, but loads of Dooms covered in this, you know, and some things have got horror. I mean, Half-Life's got definitely got sci-fi Half horror. Half-Life has some vibes. incredible horror in it. It covers fear or F-E-A-R if oh, you yeah. are... Um... Left for Dead? No Left for Dead, interestingly. Oh. But loads oh, of other Valve things. Jumping in there. Um, loads yeah. of other Valve products. Yeah, obviously, even Halo has a great deal of horror moments in there as well, but really exploring... Hours, right? Yeah, four and a half hours beginning from the very beginnings of the genre where the technology barely existed to make the visuals 
to yeah i think certainly for me i'm just about the perfect age for these things i think we talked about it last week i was 10 when doom came out um and then all a lot of the things they mentioned were literally in my wheelhouse growing up we talk they talk a lot about quake they talk a lot about unreal tournament they talk a lot about a lot of these big hitting first person franchises through the through the years and in a really nice way you can see the excitement of the creators it's cut very nicely with little clips of some iconic moments from those games and lots of things talking about the communities that grew up around them really yeah. really good documentary i know that it's um available to purchase digitally now so you can yeah enjoy it for yourself sneak the link that... into the show notes maybe yeah let's do it um yeah so you can buy it. there's like a digital um pack which you can pick up which is what we did um but yeah i think there were blu-rays available as well but pre-order maybe ended fairly recently i'm sure they'll do another run of it um eventually. what you want to do is see it digital lasts forever so get hold of that digital bloody lasts forever doesn't it yeah it does um but yeah highly recommend it because for someone who enjoyed in search of darkness and in search of tomorrow from the same makers it's just one of those like really extensive expansive things and when they start speaking about a game you like it's not like you go blink and you miss it and they're moved on to another one. They take their time and suddenly yeah. you're, you're, you're really listening to some really interesting anecdotes and stuff about the making of you may, maybe never knew. Um, so yeah, it's all incredibly, incredibly enjoyable, incredibly well-made. There's some great stuff. Ben, before we move on to the film of the week, unless there's anything else you've seen, let me put quickly put the old radars up. Ping, 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 ping. little bit of news if you want to catch up. Um, if you've been following us this year and, you know, I'm going to try and do this every time I see another one that's available. But one of the films we saw at Fright Fest, we saw it at festivals. When these things come available, I want to try and flag them up. Um, yeah. Black Mold, which I saw and I'm not sure you did, right? You were in something else just at the you, same time. Just you saw that one, yeah. Um, Black Mold, I really enjoyed. Cast and crew were also very nice people. That always helps put some up in my estimations. That now... If you're in a country where you can get Tubi, which certainly you can in the US, it is streaming free on there now. Sweet. Um, so if you're in a country where Tubi is accessible to you, it is free on that platform. Get yourself caught up on it. It was one of the things I enjoyed most um, at Fright Fest. Really interesting psychological horror we've story. Got, we've got an interview with the director on our... We, we do. On our episode, haven't we? Fright Fest yeah. episode. Episode yeah. 300 and something 299 299 that's right episode 299 yeah uh, yeah really must get on to some of those folks and see if we can get them on for an episode next year but um hell yeah yeah really really good and if uh as i say if you're in a country where you can access 2b cost you nothing get Get on a watch freebie uh awesome okay uh i think that's it for for our from black mold ben to Black oh, yes. Bloody Christmas. To Black Mold to the Black Christmas. Uh, so we're not just talking about the 1974 original. We're mainly talking about that, but we are also going to talk about the 2006 remake and the 2019 re-remake. You know, when they do that, re-remake. And we've done like original versus remake episodes in this podcast. Don't think we've done a, a triple bill of this magnitude, at least. I'm sure oh, we don't There's bill. only one even more powerful, Ben, and I don't believe, even looking back at the episode list, that we ever pulled it off. 
We did Fear Street in one episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Four, my God. Three. Bloody hell. I, remember. I, think, I don't know how we did I it. I don't remember that. I still feel sleepy after that episode. Uh, yeah, so obviously Black Christmas, which is a 1974 um Canadian slasher film produced and directed by Bob Clark. The story follows a group of sorority sisters who deceive, who receive threatening phone calls and are eventually stalked and murdered by a deranged killer during the Christmas season. Um, and yeah, and then a 2006 remake as well, which I think in some in some instances we call Black Xmas, at least on like on the on the poster or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's marketed um, as Black Xmas, but you say Black Christmas. I you think. say Black Christmas out loud, so that that obviously is 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 a a remake kind of leans more into like the, the sort of extreme nature of some of the horror, the slasher extreme, but like mainstream American horror style. It's um, yeah. I'd say the 2006 remake is very in the new metal era of, of slasher yeah. movies, right? It's like 100%. post scream. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's quite self-aware yeah. with Can't... a familiar cast of the era as well. Yeah. Cast of the era. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Michelle Trachtenberg, Trachtenberg, Katie Cassidy. Um, so yeah, very familiar faces. Um, and Andrea Martin as well, who's in the original. And she was in Black Xmas as well. And then we got a 2019 remake, which I didn't actually see when it came out. Um, I saw a lot of the marketing for it. Uh, so this stars Imogen Poots. We've talked about her. On oh, Poots from uh, 28 Weeks oh, Later. Pootsie. Oh, Pootsie. Carrie. I, I, I hate this guy's surname. Carrie Yules, the guy from Saul. Oh, and he's in a Christmas film. Carrie Yules. Carrie Yules. Oh, yes, Yules. Um, and then some other people I didn't necessarily recognize, but still good, solid cast. And we're going to talk about that one as well. A very different version rather than like a spiritual remake or a spiritual successor to the original. This feels like it just kind of takes a very loose look at that and goes, we're yeah, going to do something completely different. I'll tell you what, Ben, we'll touch on it when we get to it. But take a little bit of pride sometimes to think, I can see where these things are going. Didn't see this one coming. Didn't see that one coming at all. Um, but yeah, so in terms of focusing on the original Black Christmas, well, I think we discussed it briefly on an episode we did very, very early on in the podcast, maybe the first year or so, where we talked about just Christmas horror in general. It, I think it was the when we did ten Christmas horror movies. I think it might have been the second time I was ever on ten Christmas horror movies. Got Andy Conduit Turner on to talk about Jack Frost. Uh, he hadn't stopped going on about it ever since. Um, <laughs> so That's a good original- it's, it's ever so good. 7.1 on IMDb, Black Christmas. Uh, 73% critic score, 76% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.8 on Letterboxd. Choice reviews. Cinema Void says, pro-choice, giallo-infused, proto-slasher, and my new voice for answering telemarketers. Four stars. Uh, Nathan um, says... Anti-nativity, a charred and frozen pentagram atop an upside-down cross fashioned from tinsel and pine and rageful tears. Five stars. Uh, Bert says, a slasher classic, one of the first of its kind, never seems to feel dated, still just as fresh as today. Four stars. And Belial. 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 Belial Taylor Matthews. Belial Taylor Matthews says, growing up fast, the granddaddy of Yuletide horror. It's just as unnerving as powerful as when it Shook me to the core many, many years ago. Five stars. So, I mean, there were some negative reviews that I found, but none was as kind of interesting as all of those. So <laughs> no pithy and interesting ones. So. No pithy and interesting ones. They're all kind of like, 
This was boring. I don't even like Christmas. Put a bag on me head. From the um, Grinch, was it? I. It was the bloody Grinch, wasn't it? Yeah, jazz was size. Um, so yeah, Black Christmas. I've seen this before. Um, and I'm sure you have as well. Right. Probably a couple of times as well. Talking about budgets, 1.3 million. This one I've just noticed. Plenty of so. uh Cast Olivia. It's almost Hussey. a Godzilla. No one that big in it. No, no one as big as Godzilla, Godzilla anyway. No. Well, maybe there is, but maybe they're just filmed really far away. I don't know. Olivia Hussey, uh, Keir Delay, Margot Kidder, John Saxon, and as I mentioned as well, there. So John Saxon, bloody hell, he's the he's Nancy's mum in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Nancy's mum. That's an interesting casting. <laughs> God. <laughs> Nancy's very progressive for nineteen eighties. Nineteen eighties. You were on that so fast. I didn't even finish the sentence before. <laughs> it was actually like Nancy's mum. And then Nancy's mum, is it? Yeah, yeah. What's that? Nancy's mum. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, Andrea Martin. Unprofessional. <laughs> Andrea Martin is in this. She's like the house mother in Black Christmas 2006. In this one, she's not the house mother. She's obviously a lot younger. There is a house mother in this, and she loves a swig of the old brandy. She's filed it away under B for booze, but also brandy if that's what it is. Yeah, she blushed, she brushes her teeth with it. She'll have a big old swig before she's going out for a night out. She's on she it. Slags her cat off. Slags <laughs> her bloody cat off. Uh, so yeah, in terms of the setup for this film, um, I guess it kind of makes sense to talk about this one and, and the 2006 one kind of at the same time, maybe because it's kind of the same sort of thing. We've got like a sorority house, there's like a Christmas party in the first one being held slash gathering with all the sorority sisters um but also like boyfriends and and then there's a dad yeah, coming over to pick get, every, one of them get up. everyone around well he's coming around he comes around in the morning but um, comes around in the morning he looked so he looked like over. her dad her dad looked like uh charlie factory dad <laughs> look like background <laughs> joe i was like grandpa joe up and about is he lazy bastard what's that oh you can get we got a golden ticket he leapt out of bed did a, did a cartwheel Oh no! I've just someone pointed out this out this week. Not someone in person, like a parasocial podcast relationship. I should credit them because they have taught me this thing as well. So we we do that joke, but now in realization, now I'm sad. Um, so now I have to put it on you as well, Ben. Pointed oh. out in that podcast that obviously Grandpa Joe was like, "Oh, I see, staying in bed all this depression. time, uh, can't get yeah depression." I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah." <laughs> he was just really depression. depressed. Yeah, no obviously I'll tell you what's now. depressing though, being in bed with like four other people. How many was it four? I'm not sure. Not Three in a good way, Four other yeah. people. I'm at, imagine the bed sores. Yeah. Imagine the guffs under those blankets. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's not about Grandpa Joe. Um yeah, he's a man who just looks a bit like him, just dad Joe, grandpa dad. He turns up a bit later. <laughs> grandpa but, dad. But right now, they're having a yeah. party. Um, Marco Kidder, like, this was one where I was really, as, as I watched the original, really difficult to try and place who your main character is going to be. Because Marco Kidder is front and centre at the very beginning, isn't, isn't yeah. she? So obviously, we've covered her before in the Amityville Horror 1979 version of that film. And yeah, I guess like a pretty big star, like throughout the mid seventies to the late seventies as well. She was in quite a lot of things. She was in, uh, she's obviously Lois Lane, in Superman. In, in Superman, um, yeah. So this was kind of yeah. It is difficult to work out who is the main, um, 
Yeah, literally, until there's only one person left. Yeah, it could be any yeah. of them. Because you've got Jess Bradford, who's basically answer of phone constantly. And yeah. she answers the phone in such a weird way as well. Like, initially, she's like, aggressive. Hello? Who? Who? <laughs> it's like, God, Jesus, give me a break. Um, but yeah. The so you'd be fed up when it's always bloody Scatman John on the other side. It's always scat me. Yeah, that's true. Um, so she answers the phone, and it's an obscene phone call from a person who's called before, and the sorority have nicknamed that person the Moaner. Now here is the Moaner. <laughs> it's a bloody Moaner. What's he doing on the end of the phone? He's moaning again. Um, yeah, pretty creepy. Have you ever received a phone call like this? Um, thankfully, no. <laughs> uh, so I mean, so I've had my... one where sometimes you know when you're. In the modern era of mobile phones, when someone's phone's gone a bit wampy or they're in a weird signal <laughs> area and they sound yeah. like a robot and they're talking to you. And it is just your wife saying, I'm just walking past the cop. Do you want me to pick anything up? And you hear, but you hear, <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is this? Lucky it's the Mona. Gather it's everyone in the house round. Bloody Mona. I think there was a guy like this who's. Funny call... Robin Williams from as the genie in Aladdin doing all of his impressions. <laughs> All his impressions in one. Um, so my partner Charlie used to been on the show. Don't you talk about her if, she, if she's a stranger? Used to work in Ann Summers, where obviously you get some dodgy phone calls. Oh, I bet people. the moaners are always. Phone there away. were lots of moaners, and there were lots of people who like wanted people to like say a certain thing. So be like, excuse me, have you got any um of those sex toys that look a little bit like a penis? Dildos, and they go, yeah, that's it. Say it again, you dirty. <laughs> it's proper. <laughs> no, it was like very specific words. I think there was one guy who used to want someone to say. I can't even remember what it was. It was a bit weird, but yeah, some people would be like all breathy while they were talking to you. Not me, maybe oh. me. It wasn't <laughs> maybe, me. Maybe, maybe the Ann Summers had a very not too dissimilar number in Bristol to um the Boots, the chemist. They're phoning for their asthma medicine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you having a? Are you having a Tommy Tank over there? I'm gonna come and you, dirty bastard. <laughs> Call up Babe Station, all right? One pound fifty a minute. I mean, it could be. I don't know. Don't ask me. Oh, the real I, criminals I'm, there, I tell you. <laughs> I'm the last person to know about that. Although, <laughs> although, whenever you have a look at Babe Station, they're always wiggling the phone like that, like no one's on the line. So I'm like, either. It's real. There's no one on the line, and no one's calling. Or someone is on the line, and they're so having a great the time. About. And you're not even listening. You're not even listening. You're going, yeah. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what we've learned this today isn't is that, that Ben Arrington thinks that the women on Babe Station have poor phone etiquette. Exactly, they do. Can you? Did you hear what I was saying then? No, it's because you're wiggling the bloody phone, aren't you? Pay attention. I've one pound fifty a minute. I'll pay one pound fifty a minute for this. This moaner. Um, I guess everybody kind of thinks it's a sex it's a sexual thing and even says some sexual things, doesn't he? He says something like, I'm gonna put my tongue somewhere rude. Somewhere rude, he says. I mean, trigger one we do have an explicit tag on this podcast, right? Ben, you can say, I mean, for the purposes of science, you can say he goes, Here, wanna stick me tongue in your cunt. And I was like, actually, an American film using the word cunt, <laughs> this is revolutionary for 1974. I wasn't gonna say it, it feels a bit um I don't know. It it's feel... for science, Ben. You're saying it for science. I guess it's for science. Reminds me a bit in Science of the Lamb. Someone says that, didn't they? And I'm not like saying I it to be a super it. cool, edgy dude. I guess not. I did. Yeah. I guess. I won't not. make you say. It. I've said it now, so that's okay. You kind of said it, and then you. Oh no, you did say. It. Um. So yeah, 
the so voice the twice, is the like tapes. it's not just like it's not like the moaning you would expect to hear in like a film like this where you'd be like a deep sort of creepy moan it's very unhinged it's very like <laughs> yeah <laughs> loads of mad shit going on scatman he jim is, he right. is scatman right. john slash ace ventura pet detective yeah in the two in the 2006 version what does the person call in it's more like a scream type of voice isn't it he's doing screaming he does the mom voice he goes billy what yeah. your mother and I want to know That's is right. where is the money? No, so, so the two the two thousand and six version is like leaning really heavily into Billy as a character, his his experience yeah. of growing up and why he is the way he is. I think they do and... a lot more in the way of explaining, don't they? Because I feel that the original recipe Black Christmas, by by design, we should say that even though it's a film that got mixed reviews at the time, John Carpenter, Master of Horror himself, will tell you. That it was yep. a huge inspiration on Halloween. Um, it itself is based on the olden days urban legend of the babysitter and the man upstairs. Yep. You know the the calls the call... coming from the house, like which that's... is creepy. It is scary. Yeah. It's based the calls on... coming from the house. Actually, I think you're mistaken. The calls going to the house. Oh, it's coming yeah. from the house. Ah! Got two lines. Got two lines. Only could happen in a very specific house with two phone lines, but or a block of flats, I guess. Um, but um so it's the detail becomes quite influential but this original one is quite opaque it's a little bit like um uh not one missed call that's the j horror one the other one where there is another where there's like a babysitter one miss no not one missed call stop trying to say one missed call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't don't what's it called yeah what is it called oh i've, I've ruined that i'm gonna have to look it up don't answer the, it's called don't answer the bloody phone you mug the call has it's come like, from inside the house. What is that film called? Right, I'll think of it later. So yeah. there is another film in which there is a babysitter that's getting mysterious phone calls. And which like, have you checked the children? That one. Oh, um, right. I'll Google, have you checked the children in a minute and find out what it's called. Uh, and it, if it says one missed call, I'm hanging up. So I've lost <laughs> it. Um, but um, yeah, it's quite opaque. It never goes out of its way to explain any background. They're just a horrible bloke that's doing a, a set of murders. When a stranger calls. When a stranger calls. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank so, goodness for the bloody Google. Yeah. So when a stranger, when a stranger calls is another one. There was a remake of that as well. There? This. Yes, there's an yeah. original recipe and remake of that, which has a similar vibe. In fact, where the original doesn't really take any steps to explain it's just a horrible bloke that's doing a horrible thing whereas again the follow-up does to a degree give you some more insight into what happens and and close the loop a little bit whereas the original as we'll see is a black christmas mm. really leans into the mystery whereas the 2006 one gives us deliberate and some fairly intense flashbacks of horrible things that has happened to this kid yeah like he was born. He was born yellow, jaundice, uh, yellow bastard from Sin City, and yeah, we get like a, a. It's almost like the, um, Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween style, broken home, origin story, isn't yeah. it? Wherever it's like the horrible was... mom who punches darts and tells you that Santa's dead, and then, bloody blowing hot and cold on him, gets a little bit older after murdering his dad, goes and has a baby with him. I mean, there's blowing hot and cold, and there's 
<laughs> like you know? freezing and scorching. <laughs> but there's freezing and absolutely, absolutely white hot. Absolute zero and then the Aslan breath that'll unfreeze you if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're absolutely frozen. What's happened? Oh, I've been Aslan breathed. <laughs> I've been Aslan breathed. I was absolutely frozen, if, absolute zero. Thawed me right out. Statue, that's fine. But if you're if you're room temperature and you get Aslan breath, that's it. Melted to a to a mush. Cinders. <laughs> the bloody Aslan breath. <laughs> the hottest it's possible to be. The hot breath of Sauron himself. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go into a little bit more of the 2006 version, which I think kind of aliens it doesn't it gives us an extra dimension gives us an extra baddie in there but mm. as this first one goes um it does have a lot of like so we begin with the christmas party as you say then there's the there's the mona on the phone um the mona on the phone yeah and we get um margot kidder's character basically uh Gives him what for on the phone. Gives him some grief back because she's mm. she's a tough city. city you dirty goes, rotten. You get this, but he three times a week on the phone. Yeah, but he stick your tongue in the electric socket, mate. That'll sort you right out. Um, and he says so, he says so, damn right, disgusting. To well, he's, when he's saying the gross things, he says she basically gives him a little bit of a tell, and then he basically very very calmly, which I think makes it an even more chilling moment, just goes, <sighs> "Gonna kill you, actually." I'm actually going to bloody kill you, you know? Um, yeah. And the first victim in the original is uh, Claire Harrison. She decides, so she's going to leave and she says goodbye to her boyfriend. And she said, I'll see you. See, see you soon. See you next year. Something like that. See um, you in the new year. Popular dad's... Christmas time. Dad's coming to pick me up in the morning. Yeah. Goes upstairs to her bedroom, packs her suitcase. And then while she's up there, she's attacked by the killer in the closet. We don't see him, but he gets an old plastic bag on her head and assume, uh, we assume just uh, suffocates her yeah. to death, right? Whereas this, the plastic bag motif, I feel it's it's passing in this original one, right? We get it in this original kill. Um, yeah. And when we see Claire's body posed later... It's with the plastic bag over a plastic her head. bag on her head, sat in a is it sat in a sat in a rocking chair? Or is that or is that a chair, the, like in a chair in the um it's the poster, isn't it? It's like the chair yeah. up in the if, up in the attic later on. Whereas yeah. I feel in the second one it becomes quite thematic where basically yeah. you stick DMO your head up into the, killer, the loft, it, you yeah. stick your head anyway, and then the second he's got you, he's he's like got one of those little drawers in the kitchen full of plastic yeah. bags. So you pop your head anywhere near him, I'll whack a plastic bag over it. The, the 2006 version is a bit of a, a bait and switch, really, isn't it? Because it kind of like, we're kind of given a backstory to this killer. We see the killer escape prison, but then we quite quickly learn that, like, that can't be this person committed. It's happened before he's escaped murders. and before he's got It's happened there. before he's escaped and before he's got there. So almost, I was almost like, is there some sort of, like, weird, disjointed... Like in terms of the narrative, is it is it not chron- in chronological order? Oh, is it is it like what's his name? It's like uh it's like a Dunkirk situation. It's like a bloody Dunkirk situation going on, but it's not. No, I'm not giving any disrespect to the to the director of, of Black Christmas, Black Xmas 2006. It's not as complicated as that. Um it's got horrible <clears throat> horrible incest sister that Yeah. That, yeah, that's it. So we kind of like understand that throughout when he was abused, um he's 
slept with his mum, or she took advantage of his uh, seed. Well, the fact he's been locked in a loft for ages, just yeah, went up and so. abused him in the in the in the attic, and then yeah. she, un- whereas he had been massively neglected, yeah. Um, when they have a second baby, at you know that he was a part of, um, she really cares for the second baby, um, so much so that bad old Billy stabs one of her eyes out. Yes, there's a lot of eye stuff in the re- in the 2006 yeah. version as well. There's a lot of stabbing of eyeballs, eyeballs like being Dario Argento's out. birthday party. Yeah, it's like that. Even like Fulci, in, sorry, in, that loves the, the eye ba- stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Fulci loves the eye stuff. The eyes behind you, I can't even work out the logistics of how you get both eyeballs out and have them con- connected like that, like mittens. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to, you'd have to poke one out and then pull the other one through. Yeah, you would. Or maybe just like... tie tie the cords together. Yeah, maybe. Like a bolus. But it's almost like, what are those two like heavy? Sounds weird. There's like a toy, like two heavy balls you like clang together. Clackers or something like that. Oh, yeah. Some sort of Yeah, 70s. like clackers. They're like on a on a stick and you can get the rhythm just right. And they clack. I'll tell you what, that's, a, that's what's wrong with this generation, right? Everyone needs bloody iPads and Fortnite and Pokemon cards. That was the 90s, but still. Back in my day, two heavy balls you just smash together for hours on end. Have a clacker, hours. pogs. <laughs> little loop and a stick it was great it entertained us for hours on end oh it sounds horrible and only some <laughs> pokemon cards and only some pokemon i mean one of my favorite toys growing up sorry ben like this story is going to make it sound like a very sad childhood i didn't i was fine um <laughs> one of the favorite things i had in the year of the oh. turtles being so popular was a rusty chain that we found on the in the bushes in the field near my house it's, Bit, but I think it was one that was used for an old-fashioned toilet flush. But we had that chain. That was one of my turtles' weapons that you ever because you can make a Donatello out on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't find any katanas in the bushes, oh, but um, that's a shame. You can make a Michelangelo just this big length of chain. Spin I around. used to have a load of old used needles that I used to pretend I was a doctor. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Because my, my parents Andy, have thrown much that... I bet that horrible rusty chain is probably still at their house somewhere. Maybe in the garden. Andy, how many times have I told you to put that horrible rusty toilet chain away? Stop swinging <laughs> it about. Just running around the garden, swinging this chain about. That's very good. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of like some of the visuals, like even that visual behind you, like the eyes, these sort of like really odd yellow eyes that the the, the incest sister has got. She's in Agnes. Christmas. Yeah. She's in Agnes. She's in Christmas jammies all the time, and I, and that's why it's a different, a different take on the killer. Obviously, the killer in Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four, is like um, a creepy, heavy breathing, rarely seen. Um, I want to say very rarely Tom. seen, right? I want to say Peeping Tom, but Peeping really Tom peep actually Tom. quite nice. Peeping Tom's quite. Nice. What's the difference between? Uh... <laughs> For fuck's sake! I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the difference between a pickpocket and a peeping tom? Um, I don't know. A pickpocket snatches watches while a <laughs> I'm not even gonna finish it. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna it's finish surely it. only the era of pocket watches. Pickpocket ones, true. Not called uh, pick pick wrists. 
I heard that on a on a little podcast clip earlier. I can't take full credit for that, but they didn't finish the joke either, which is what makes it work. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, if you if you do finish it, you're cancelled. If I forgot to credit, by the way, when we were talking about the Grandpa Joe thing, little quick aside, it was the Weekly Planet I was listening to. Very good podcast. Oh, was it? Far more popular than oh, us, yeah. but don't need me to plug them. Um, no. But it is true. <laughs> that's where I heard it. Um, yeah. So um, I'm, Google- I'm googling clackers now. Guess what? You can still get them. Still brand available. New. You can still get them. Brand new on Amazon. I can oh, get God. it. I can real, get real, it. real life horrors. What What is a set of clackers going to set you back these days? Not expensive at all, you know. You can get a four piece. A four piece clackers. Four piece clackers. There's, a, there's, yeah. Oh, if you if you want to go if you want to order it from China, one pound seventy five. If you don't care about the planet, then. <laughs> If you don't care about the planet and you just want to clack them together, yeah, there we go. Uh, the first okay. video, though, is 1971 clackers. Are they safe? I'd say no. Um, anyway, so back to um, black to black Christmas. That's what I meant. Yeah, to. so Claire is killed in the original. Um, this is when we get to the next morning. She's disappeared and Claire's father goes into town because she didn't turn up at the train station. So he He's yeah. looking around. He's asking the other girls. He seems very put out by. He gets by annoyed by. There's like a guy who's really rude to him, and then he like goes, "Hang on a minute. Do you know Claire Harrison? She was." Oh, he gets. He absolutely cops a snowball, doesn't he? Yeah. He cops a snowball, and this guy comes over like, "Oh, ever so sorry, those kids that are just innocently playing bashed you uh, in the face, like yeah. got you right in the face of that snowball. I should have been watch. watching him, and like." He doesn't play the social game very well. Someone has come up and apologised for something that isn't really their fault, but you know they've apologised. And what you're supposed to say, particularly in the society we've grown up in, Ben, is, "Oh, don't worry about it. That's fine." But he goes, "Yeah, yeah." You fucking should have been watching him. Actually, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, you've made it weird now, Grandpa, Dad. You've made it so awkward. But to be fair, he's under a lot of stress. Yeah, his daughter is missing. I can't so blame he him. Probably is. Yeah. Um, and the police aren't very helpful. There is like a really obstinate bad rubbish policeman idiot on the desk oh yeah just an idiot policeman who is just a not taking any reports of like people missing or anything like that seriously he's like they're probably just in a cabin with a boyfriend or someone someone making horrible dirty phone calls to us probably just a boyfriend mucking about Oh, great. <laughs> and it wouldn't be bad if this was the was endemic of the entire police force. But when you actually meet the other, like the police captain, old uh, yeah. Nancy's dad, he's like, yeah, let's, this sounds serious. Let's solve this immediately. Yeah. Well, he goes straight to him, doesn't he? The, uh, the grandpa Joe, daddy Joe goes, bypasses this police officer and goes straight to the, straight to the captain or is it a captain or? Lieutenant, the sheriff, maybe is it because it's a a lieutenant because he's just like they're not taking it seriously. So now I should. Um, does he? Does that happen? I I think that, and then the boyfriend, so Claire, like one of the oh, the boyfriend boyfriend storms in, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. As soon as the boyfriend finds out that Claire's missing, he like storms in and says, like, What are you a bunch of idiots doing? We need to find her because, yeah, they're just like taking it straight to John Saxon, they're just putting on their. Um, sweeping it under the rug because they just think it's yeah whatever. And this is this is like the police force don't look very good in this initial sense. But like, is it because it's Christmas and everyone's winding down? They've gone. Oh, someone's missing. No more oh, crimes oh, to the new year if you could. No more. Cr- can you just not wait till oh, the new year, please? 
the important bit that we should come here at the same time, Jess, who is our key phone answerer, um, goes to tell her boyfriend Peter that she's that she's pregnant, uh, but she doesn't want to have the baby and she wants to undergo an abortion. Um, yeah, a, a more progressive conversation that I thought would happen than in a film of the. 1970s. That's my ignorance of what the 70s were like because it wasn't born. Yeah, but, but I'm um, sure. I'm sure it was like probably I'm, a very I'm, hot topic at the time. A hot topic and like people watching Black Christmas maybe wouldn't wouldn't be the kind of people who go. Hang on a minute, I completely disagree with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's almost like uh, he she Jess does inform Peter. So Peter is her boyfriend character. He's a bit of a. I don't know, a bit of a suspect initially, isn't he? I oh, think he is, when as soon as he smashes up that piano. As soon, oh yeah, because he plays some proper horrible piano. I I couldn't even listen to that. I'd be like, this is garish. I know he's doing some sort of piece for someone to try and get into some sort of school, or is it some sort of special music club? Yeah, it's like proper. Initially, I thought, is he just mucking about on that piano? And then when I saw people watching, I was like, oh no, this is the real the real deal. <laughs> Bashing the keys, play it Bashing nicely. The key. Do it nicely. Do something nice. Um, so yeah, when she tells Peter that she's pregnant and plans to undergo an abortion, his he like completely disapproves, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Where she's just like, it's not. It's my decision. It's it's my body. It's my decision. Um, yeah. So a progressive conversation to be had in in yeah. this in this instance. I think this this film is kind of all three of the films are kind of representative of progression in terms of um, topics of conversation, despite making out that the, the cast is mainly young women of a certain age. Yeah. And of course, there's a lot of stuff about sexual assault, rape, obviously abortion. Um, and yeah, just like loads of that. And I think the 2019, we're not going to get into that too much until I guess towards the end. I feel like that one, like almost takes it to the, the very, very next level. It almost takes it to such a level that it goes beyond the Me Too movement and everything like that and almost makes it feel a bit silly in terms of the yeah. way it eventually in terms of the way it eventually goes. Um I, I feel that, that film will come to twenty nineteen because it's so hard to talk that one in parallel with the other two because it completely doesn't follow the same thing. But yeah. as we've touched on it thematically, yeah, I found that maybe that one would have worked a little bit better for me if they just dialed back on one element. Like, I think you could have had these things being endemic and these things being having the, the serious conversation on these ones without where they take it to ultimately, yeah. which I felt diluted the message a little bit. Because it almost felt like something like Promising Young Woman, but to such a degree where it was almost parody, where yeah. it was like, rather than everybody dealing with trauma in their own way and all sort of banding together. And I like the kind of thing when they talk about ants and stuff like, uh, yeah, we're all like ants. We all just stick together. Whatever, whatever they said, it, it was that good. Was, it, was, that, it was, it was poetic. That was, it was good. That was I feel good. Like every other line was something about, you know, and uh, was that supposed to be the, 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 was that what it was supposed to be like? Were we supposed to feel like some of these characters are quite in your face and, and, and garish? Cause in a way we're kind of like, do you know what I mean? It, I don't know. It just felt like it took it one step too far, didn't it? I think I saw someone describe it as not too much message, not enough movie. 
Yeah. I can see that. And it has and it, it it's not without potential. And it's I not without the, potential. I think, I, think, I think the message in it is good. It's just that they in a way, a thing that isn't the message, the ultimate explanation. I'll put a pin in it, I'll talk about it a bit more later. Yeah. I think I where they say... take it where they take the metaphor in the end actually dilutes the message more than just yeah. having a straight up message would I have think been. So yeah. I think so. Because I think, yeah, something like Promising Young Woman, there were moments in that film where I was like, I don't like the way this film is going. But I think that was the point because it was like, you're not supposed to like it because, you know, these sort of terrible things that happen do happen. And, you know, you're not, we're not going to, it's not like a straight up standard revenge film. Like the the sick bastards of this world probably are going to win in some way. Um Whereas this film, yeah, too much, too much message, not enough movie, very clunky. And I think maybe that was a script. The script felt clunky. I don't think any performances were bad, but what they had to say sometimes made me feel a bit, oh, oh, woo. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like sometimes you, you want to be like, hell yeah, good for her. As obviously that is a genre of horror movie in its, in its own right, the good for her genre. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but do you know what I mean? Like almost went one step too far where like almost every chance for any character to say something that kind of had what they thought they re- the script really thought they were really doing something here. Like, mm. wow, this th- there's going to be a line here and it's going to be iconic and people are going to be saying it for years to come. Too many of those moments and too many misses, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put you on notice, Ben. I'm going to ask you that animal question before we get to the end of this. So start thinking about what you choose. What was the question? You have to name three animals and then there was a meaning behind it, which I'll try and remember. Um, I would have shut that down immediately. If someone said that, I was like, I'm going to ask you. So, you know, you're not allowed to shut it down. There's nothing else we can talk about because that (laughs) is boring. (laughs) <laughs> it's boring. It's boring. Are you talking about something else? Like fuck Mary Kill or something like that? What are we talking about? What's your favourite string animals? Oh, there's I a reason. There's, there's a, a reason. reason. Okay, sorry, right. Yeah. Um for now though, back in the main one, so we kind of have a little break from any killings for a bit. Like it's a it's a classic horror movie, like in the daytime, it's probably alright. Um so Claire's dad uh is you know, pressing the search. They're trying to navigate the difficulties with this policeman. And they eventually, as the search gets going, um, the house mother, McHenry, um, mm. has, she hears the cat um, and she's already had one element earlier on when she was about to go out with the dad and he was going to give her a lift to town where mm. the cat's been fucking about and she's been pissed off with the cat going, you're going to make me late, you piece of shit. Um she hears the cat uh, complaining again somewhere and she's looking for the cat and she heads up into the attic because that's where she hears the cat from above. Um, and this is where Claire's body is in the iconic, you know, kind of sat with a plastic bag overhead scene. Yeah. And then Billy do that. is waiting Dangerous. there with a, a big hook. A big like sort of pulley system hook thing, whatever you, whatever you call that. And swings it at her head and manages to like slurp her off up into the up into yeah. the attic. Slurps her off up the slurps up, the, off attic up into the attic. Up the attic hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, discovers the crane hook. It says here actually. Um, not long after that, Jess answers another phone call 
and that's when she decides to like file a report to the police and obviously she's she's doing the right thing but i think the police actually lieutenant fuller is the only one taking it seriously really because he arrives with a guy who to tap the phone a telephone line man um tell her how long she got to keep him on the phone for god's sake stop getting him on the phone then going nah, oh, not, not long, enough, long enough not long enough we want a bit like i don't know dire of a vengeance when they're trying to trying to t- tap it and they're going five more seconds four more seconds come on not helping yeah. her at all just like ah oh. and she's just, like well just, it says- they just tell her what she hasn't done that no one long enough well it does this is how she speaks as well well, it does make me feel dreadful talking I to you. I do feel quite upset talking to you. I do this. feel quite upset. We're well, going to have to bloody get on with it, right? And I'm not spending any more time on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Change the bloody subject. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Just say, listen, you're moaning. You're making weird noises. But I want to get down to the, the nitty gritty of it. Are you all right? Are you all right? All right. Are you all right in yourself? <laughs> or... Take a classic de-escalation technique. I'll share this with you, Ben. Some well, Karen told me about it. Apparently, especially if someone's being like aggressive or difficult, you can really take the wind out of their sails by um, pretending you didn't understand what they said or or that you oh. didn't hear them. So if someone comes up uh, to you and goes, "I've got okay. a fucking problem," with and then you go, "Excuse me, pardon? What? I didn't." That's good. <laughs> not, in a, not in a stone cold Steve Austin way where you're like what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it happened real life Ben I think I might have told you this off pod if I've said it on pod apologies for the repetition everyone I was walking downtown one day and then a man who I quickly became to understood was quite disturbed came trotting over the road at me came very close to me and said excuse me how is it that you're able to get this close to me? And I had my headphones on. Uh, I looked up and the man was covered head to toe in in tar or mud. Honestly, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger and a predator. The, the tar man. From... It's a bit like the tarman. So absolutely covered horrific. in like just this black ooze. Uh, it's just how is it that you're meant to that you're able to get this close to me? And it's, but because it took me because obviously no context <laughs> and they had my headphones on. I was like. I'm sorry, what? And he was like, you said <laughs> it again. Understand. And the third time, I was like, say that one more time, mate. And he was like, how is it that, you, oh. that you're able to get that close to me? It's like, you came over to me. And he's like, all right. And then on he went. Um, and then on he went. And they went, but, do it, do it now. But he's, but he's never been able to, like, obviously, could have been a dead, dangerous trap where he was going to get into an argument. But it really seemed to de-escalate and that he hadn't heard him. So... When you, that's what you that's, could, that's good. It's good advice. When, that's what when she you said, do to Billy. When you said a man came over who's quite disturbed, I thought he was going to go, <laughs> No, he didn't say that. Um, but yeah, this is what she could have gone when, because this is at this time, Billy on the phone. He's escalating yeah. like the clappers, isn't he? Because he's phoning them. And he, this is something that I did like about what they were able to do in the 2006 one because with just these little out of context clues they built themselves a backstory now i don't know if this yeah. is something that i need to maybe look this up a little bit maybe that bob clark originally maybe it was in the series bible maybe it was something that he intended to include but never got round to it mm-hmm. but just contextually watching these pieces of entertainment is nice and interesting how they take what would appear to be random lines where 
Billy's shouting down the phone is like, Where's the baby, Billy? Billy, Billy. Yeah. Tip yeah, us yeah. for breakfast, Mrs. <laughs> yeah, like it's like <laughs> Until God. No, it's um like he they they take these little snippets of seeming non sequiturs, non like nonsensical things that this disturbed person is shouting to her down the phone. And actually, we joke and make light about things, but I think they do a really good job of it being quite unsettling things this person is saying down the phone, right? I think I'd be weirded mm. out. Someone phoned me oh, up yeah. saying all those things. Definitely. I mean, I'd yeah. be quite weirded out because I'd have had to answer a bloody voice call that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah, he's texted in advance, so I'll be phoning in a minute, you're free to take a call. And I'd said, yes, that's great, Billy, do your worst. Otherwise, I think it's, let it ring I think out. It's a good- it's a good way of doing it rather than in 2006 when you kind of like just see all of the all of the backstory stuff unfold in in the nature it does so um but still still i think i think it's done a lot better than obviously because there's no billy in the 2019 version there's no creepy it's kind of like misogyny and that kind of takes center stage and this kind of like girlhood between the sorority sisters that takes center stage as well. So rather than being someone who's calling up, they're kind of just like terrorized getting texts, getting texts and they're terrorized by people and this group of people. And you kind of think it's one thing, but it ends up being another thing. And yeah, it's a bit heavy handed. Um, so yeah, in, in the 1974 version, some Christmas carolers turn up after Lieutenant Fuller leaves. Jess is watching the singers. And while this happens, the killer sneaks into Barb's room. Um, and stabs her to death with a glass unicorn figure. Of course, the glass unicorn figure reappears in the in the 2006 version and is used as a weapon. Um, so yeah, Did her cries were... Ha- in the 2006 version, the slightly, like, I guess the awkward, like, geek character that yeah. doesn't really have any lines that gives one of our leads the glass unicorn, and then we next see her with a head on a spike just a head on a spike yeah in in the later one did you have any passing suspicions that she might be yeah. agnes definitely 100 percent. i thought she was agnes for ages until i got a good look at uh at the at the actual agnes because um, you know especially her head i feel like it was coded Killed about that a little bit because it's like because everyone is very judgmental about it in a very 2006 way where it's like Oh, gross! She wears glasses, um, <laughs> uh, and then Any glasses. She's all that all over mother, again. The person who is employed to work at the at the sorority house says, "Yeah, but she was a, a like a legacy team." So basically, she was allowed in because a family member was in the sorority beforehand. I was like, "Is this going to be a Billy thing?" Like, yeah, is it... but no, that that's nothing. She's just a head on a spike later on. Head on a spike. It's a bit, a bit unfair, wouldn't it? I feel like she didn't really get we, we didn't get much from her. She just appeared, gave a gift, and that was it. Um, yeah, a bit odd. So yeah, when Barb gets gets killed, um, Jess receives another phone call where the caller's like emulating parts of the argument she had with Peter talking about the the abortion. Oh, when he so... when he first like threatened her and said you weren't having an abortion, and then yeah. So and again, then he, this like, is pretty begs creepy. Later on but the, like the killer seems to have heard all of this yeah but it's like is it so that makes you think a the killer has heard all of this or b the killer is someone we've already seen we've already yeah. established it's a good bit of a 
a whodunit in this one, right? I think Peter quickly becomes a major suspect for us. He doesn't want his yeah, definitely. partner to have an abortion. He gets quite, when he does come around and they have an argument, he sort of violently storms out. She has to tell well, him to leave. I think suspicions start going towards Peter, not just from Jess, but also from Lieutenant Fuller. Um, later on, Jess and Phil, so Phil is played um, by Andrea Martin, who's the house mother in the 2006 version, not Phil Mitchell or Phil and Lil, uh, a lady called Phil. They're like Phyllis. They decide to lock every door and window in the ass. After, some, idea, after some really overbearing um, like vigilante men come round who are doing the search. Because oh, yeah. in the park, they find the body of a murdered child, which you they don't do, see. Yeah. But then some fellas come round and say, now make sure you lock all the doors, you hear? And they like... <laughs> Uh, like presented in the most sort of yokels kind of way that kind of freak them and they have a little laugh and said, oh, bloody hell, those lunatics running out with a shotgun. I should lock all the bloody doors. Yeah. Um, and they even tell they even tell the carol singers, they say we sh- everyone should go home because there was a, a girl found dead in the in the uh, park. And they go, yeah, we know. <laughs> We've gone. I couldn't think of a better time to go out doing carol singing after a body of a young girl has just been found. Let's get yeah. straight out of there. <laughs> Carolyn ain't gonna do itself. Carolyn ain't gonna do itself. Get yourself got this outfit dressed up. Save this special. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a girl's been murdered, unfortunately. What? Ah, oh, Carol singing night. Um. So yeah, not long after that, Phil gets murdered by the killer after she finds Barb's body. Um. Which is a shame, really. I think it's a shame for Barb to die the way she does mm. because. She's quite a, a sort of big sort of character within it. She seems like a really strong sort of like the glue that holds this group of girls together. Um, and she's like taking no shit, like making sure the police are taking things seriously. And she just kind of just gets killed. In 2006, a ver- not the same, I don't think it's a character called Barb, but someone else who's like gets pissed right She's up. the boozer, right? And she's, she's the boozer, yeah. She's so vomiting and she gets her eyes put out while she's Sleeping off the hangover. Yeah. Um, horrible that would be. I can't imagine feeling any worse. Oh, I've got Can you imagine? Like, you just sit there, oh, I've got such a bad head. My eyes are in. Oh, I just wish it would stop. Someone whacks a plastic bag over your head and stabs your eyes out. Yeah. Soon forget happy. your hangover, I suppose. You'd forget it. It'd be gone. Yeah, it'd be gone. Um, yeah, so after that happens, I think Jess receives another obscene phone call, like the fine... I guess one of the final phone calls and it's successfully traced by the police. And this is when the police say the call's coming from, and then they give the address of the sorority house. And then Lieutenant uh, Fuller says, that's where the calls go into. No, no, it's definitely coming from there. And we did, we get that coded earlier on because they sort of reveal that when they're looking at it, they go, oh, the house mother has a separate line, her own phone line. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's good though. It's a good sort of like blood blood runs cold sort of moment where you make that realization. And obviously, uh, Lieutenant Fuller just tells Jess to leave the house, um, get out of there, get down there. She is, that, is there anyone else in the house of you? No, no, I don't think, no. or something like that. And uh, her other two she... friends who we know have been killed. Um, but then, so Jess runs upstairs to try and see them, and she sees, and it's the only real look we get at. Billy, right? Like we see like a figure and we see an eye looking from the corner yeah. of the door. And she 
basically just bashes him with the door, right? It's a push smashes, door. Smushes him with the door. Yeah. Runs down to um, the basement. Uh, killer chases after, unable to open the front door. She can't get out, so she goes into the basement, locks it behind her. Um, but like shortly after, Peter breaks through a basement window and is slowly approaching Jess, asking if you're all right. That's what I usually do, I smash through a window. If I've had a big argument with someone, smash through the window. Are you okay? Are you okay? Well, I just she, loom over you. Loom over you, and then she immediately goes, well, it's without a doubt this person and i guess as the audience we're supposed to believe that it's peter as well at this point um and in a state of panic she smacks him with a fire poker bashes his head in with a poker and then bashes him to death yeah exactly um and then the police find them and i guess it, it looks like they're both dead when the police find them but then she opens her eyes that's quite a good shot um so yeah and then at, this is a so, great like 1970s ending. The police go, Well, it seems like uh open and shut case to me. Peter was the murderer and she bashed him to death, but she must be yeah. ever so tired from bashing him put to her death. To bed. Let's put her to bed. Well, we could take her down to the station to get her get get her uh <laughs> tell you what, treat her hospital. Get her statement. <laughs> yeah, leave her alone in the bedroom. Um but then pretty much immediately we hear the killer's voice from the attic. And then a shadow descends the ladder, and then that the the phone begins to ring, implying that the killer is still alive. I like the fact that the phone call like lasts throughout the credits as well. That's pretty cool, like an unanswered call. Just sits there ringing. There's a policeman He's standing right outside the door. Just answer it. He's persistent. Just bloody answer it for God's That's sake. That's he climbed down to get her. If he's, I suppose he could have rang the number. Just left oh, it on. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's rang the number so the police person will go and answer the phone coming away from the door so we can go down and do a murder that's true that's true we, we, we never get to really but we never know find what's... out because this film as it is you know this was a, a standalone. didn't become a franchise in the traditional sense with endless yeah. sequels right any it's of the films that followed you... could sit on their own because you could have had that because you could have a film every year um, but yeah obviously we get the 2006 remake which we discussed like quite a lot and it's like it's a colorful over-the-top hollywood remake with like big set pieces and like um twists and turns and and... technology everyone's got a mobile phone with a christmas ringtone so they can be identified as to whose phone is being called and whose yeah. mobile is being used there yeah. are there's like a there's like a love triangle where there's one bad oh, yeah. bloke boyfriend who's made a sex tape with Another one of the house members, and it's the, always the on girl the laptop. That gets, the girl that gets murdered, one of the girls that gets murdered at the very beginning, and leaves her laptop annoyingly on standby. And then when the actual girlfriend uh, is in the room, the power goes off and it goes yeah. onto battery mode, basically blowing up screenshot of the freeze frame of their sex tape that this girl had yeah. left paused. <laughs> Not the bloody freeze frame with a sex tape. God, give me watching anything else before you went off to get murdered. Um, and this is it's a very much like single location film as well. Like uh it pretty much takes place all within this sorority house in one night. Whereas yeah, the original we don't obviously have we the, the out of the visiting no, the police, no? No visiting the police. Um it's like and and all the standard things of like trying to get away from the house, like trying to get the car started. A lot of people do, can you get killed by a by a, a stalag, what's it called? The ice, like a stalactite, stalag- but an icicle. Can you get killed by one of them? I mean, technically, 
does that count as a Billy murder? Yeah, it's true. That's true. Does it count all, as a Billy all, murder? All that's happened to the house mother is on, on a scene where they some people attempt to stay in the house uh, and some people go to get help. There's a snowstorm, meaning the police aren't going to be available to come and help quickly. She gets out of the car while um, uh, is it is it Elizabeth Winstead's in the in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, she's starting the car. Yeah, she just gets blood splattered from the inside of the car, and we don't really see what happens to her because the window's yeah. frozen over. That's a shame, then, though, isn't it? Someone like Mary the house Elizabeth mother just Winstead. just looks away and gets yeah. an icicle in the eye. Gets an icicle straight through the eye. Bloody hell. Happens to the best of us, mate. Then it happens to the best of us. Does. The kill, the kills are obviously a lot more like over the top and gory. It does and, like, go classic. for it. This two thousand six. It's I think even for the yes. eras level, it's not sore levels of gore in the torture porn era, but for a slasher, I think it goes pretty hard. It does go pretty hard, yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it for 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 what it what it did. I think is uh yeah. Like I, I think. If you're of this era and, you know, for us, it's it's very much like the kind of film that we're familiar with. So we probably enjoy it more. Whereas Black Christmas can probably feel a little bit like it's of its time and, and we understand what it's inspired. But at the same time, like, do we enjoy it as much as something like Black Xmas? I mean, it depends what you're looking for, really, doesn't it? It does. It does. But, um... but unfortunately, 2019 just... Yeah, just didn't just didn't work out really, did right. it? Black Christmas gave you my heart. But the yeah. very next day, you yanked out my eyes like a pair of mittens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so all the eye poking of 2006s, all the original slasher genre inspiring and horrible malicious phone call having of the original. And then we get to... 2019's Black Christmas, and I need to look into this, but just going in cold, Ben. Cold. cold do you think ice. this this got Black Christmas associated with it later and was completely like written what? on its own? I don't know. I don't know. Really, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think Sorority House at Christmas. Like, I don't think you can write an original script for that and not link it to Black Christmas in a way. But you've got, kind the, of... you've got the house on Sorority Row, though. There's so many Sorority yeah. House-related okay. murder films. I guess it, yeah. But this is... I mean, I missed it in 2019 because I think I was keen for it, but then I heard the reviews and I was a bit like, okay, maybe it doesn't sound so great. Um, well, now yeah. I think of it, <laughs> I mean, it is set at Christmas, but would it have needed to have been? I mean, not necessarily. No, it just happened to be. Could have been Easter Bank Holiday. Yeah, I mean, this feels like. I mean, it is it is directed by is directed by a woman, so it is directed by Sophia Takao, um, who's got a couple of feature films under her belt. But despite the fact it's it's, it's directed by a woman, it almost feels like a sort of feminist horror movie, but from a, from a point of view that's like trying too hard to make a good point <laughs> the, like because obviously yeah there are things like toxic masculinity female empowerment uh sexual assault and rape and stuff that that are absolutely at home in a horror movie especially a slasher movie it's a slasher movie where at its very heart the story it is usually violence against women committed by a man like 
mass violence against women committed by a man. Obviously, there are male victims as well, but I think at its at its heart, most of the big ones, uh, that's where final girls come from, obviously as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the it's the script, it's the dialogue, it's the characters, it's the death and the and the violence, which is like pretty much mostly off screen. I think there's a couple of sequences where somebody's turning a body around. Oh, we're gonna see like a piece of glass in a face. No. Um it's just a very a very watered down version of what like it could have been. And there's even a moment, a proper like Avengers endgame moment where all of the women who were who have been yeah, wrong get, throughout the film they get, come they, get on, they, on, they on your left you're the bad they on your left. at the end and they, they've got some weird weapons when they're fighting all the blokes like they, one of them's got a, a sled i think and like is it and got... there's isn't like the paddles that they use for hazing i mean not being from the u.s um yeah fraternity culture is something which entirely eludes me um i mean us culturally as yeah. a country i'm sure that they have clubs in British unis as well. Um, I mean, famously, the Prime Minister and other people that go to big old posh schools be horrible twats while they're at uni, but yeah, um, having sex with pigs and the like. But um, the it's strange for me. It's a really alien concept because if there's one thing I hate, Ben, it's joining in. Fucking I'm join really in. Hate joining the in. Can you join in with bullshit. this? Right. If you want to join this club, yeah, you got to do something horrible and humiliating. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to do, do something that's objectively quite nice. If the if the joining of a of a fraternity house for me would be, you've got to come go karting with us and have a bloody nice time. <laughs> like, oh, fucking don't. Oh, the worst <laughs> organized fun. Yuck. Um. Yeah, I would have done no good at US University. I, I severely, I severely yeah. doubt it. Um, and of course, there's in this film, there's no Billy. There's no like one person committing these murders and creepy phone calls. There is essentially, and we're going to spoil this film, of course. It's got a supernatural element. There's a statue which is removed from. So yeah, there's a lot of it. Focuses a lot on people like social justice warriors and uh, you know the negatives and the positives of that. Um, and sort of obviously the removal of that statue, which happened, and a lot of people are, are, are sort of disappointed about that. A lot of the men on campus, including one particular teacher who's also being there's a um, what's it called? A petition being a sent petition, around. That's it. Stop go around. teaching only books by horrible blokes. Stop teaching only only books by like white men essentially, and here's the thing: these are all point these are all points of view that I completely understand and and completely am on board with. However, I think the delivery of it in this film, and it's not like the characters as such, it's kind of just well, actually, maybe it is some of the characters. It's just like the it's just like the script and the delivery of it, like the way it kind of comes across as it's knowing, but. I don't know. It's like it's almost like, well, who am I supposed to root for then? Obviously, I'm not rooting for the horrible misogynist, but am I also rooting for these characters who pretty much every line of dialogue they say has got some sort of line based on? I don't know. It just feel it feels like everything that's wrong with the Me Too movement, and there's not a lot of it. There's a very small a very small minority of it that's been weaponized. It's like that come to life in movie form. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. everything. That, 
or everything that anyone would look at the Me Too movement and disapprove of, not me, but like, obviously there's a certain side of things that look at the Me Too movement and are, and are critical of that. I feel like this is everything that they think it is when it's not. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess, yeah, you could you could say that the, that gives ammunition to people that want to be critical in that sense. And they, I feel to a degree, they, it, it's really close i i wasn't so much bothered by the by the messaging and stuff because i think there are some areas where they even try to address that a little bit there is a there mm. is a character who is uh you know a, a friend of the group at the beginning who is oh yeah very much course, like yeah. he, and he kind of has they kind of have a falling out and then he is uh you know caught up in it a bit later but on then, but then goes, we like, make out that the why only are you reason... saying that why are you saying that the are you including yeah. me in this when you're he talking about these them, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he not all mends them. Yeah, and and they the film dissects that in almost an interesting way. The thing where this really lost me is, I think there's a loss of agency when it turns out that there is this this statue, the statue that was removed, and then is the focal point for later on. Mm-hmm. It is just a magic statue that had magic full, words in it and full of full of venom. Full of venoms. And when and when they use this like ancient incantation rites, it turns even normal people um into horrible, almost like mind controlled, horrible misogynist monster men. Yeah, with masks and hoods. So obviously, with masks supposed... and hoods. So we've got the we've got the slasher killers. There. So we think it's just one of these people initially, but then it turns out no, it's not. It's, it's loads it, of people. And it, and it is there. There is a leader. There is a character that before the film started in a previous story, sexually assaulted one of our lead characters. Um, I but I genuinely never, don't know. Was never punished for that. In and terms the of like teacher. That... In terms of like the horrible self-entitled misogynist guys, it feels like every character in this is such a cookie cutter of that. They all look the same. They all act the same. They all seem to say the same sort of things. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like I they're too they're too easy to hate. So it almost just makes it too obvious that that you know who are the good guys, who are the bad guys, who are yeah. the and then when it gives it a supernatural edge, it's almost like okay, right? So are they completely? The supernatural, the this? supernatural edge to that is what is almost what what lost me for it. I think you could have just had a a story where there can just be bad people, and maybe there can be some people that have been hoodwinked into it or have been brought along into it because they've fed into those messages of well when these things are criticized, they are criticizing you because you're a guy or when they try, when they, when you're trying to put people against each other, when the female characters are taking these, these, they're trying to diminish your opportunities. You're right. So you could have people who aren't beginning the situation bad, but be, but are drawn into that us versus them narrative and, uh, led into extreme views by this one i think you take away so much agency of the characters 
when you literally make it a magic ooze that comes out of a statue. Yeah, that's if you get it on exactly. your forehead, you'll be you'll be horrible now. And we talk about like films that uh, when I mentioned Better Watch Out and the fact that it was like a very a nasty film, you know, and a really like almost to the degree where it felt like it was too easy to just absolutely hate the characters. And I almost feel like that in a way with this, even though it's not out and out like that in terms of the, the intentions of the film. I just feel like, yeah, it. I'm already making assumptions of all of the characters involved before before the supernatural element is even added in. And then it's like, well, I don't really know what to make of this film now. Like, because uh, am I supposed to think that these people are, are now victims of this thing? Like, at least if the at least if it wasn't so, if there was a gray area, if it wasn't so black and white, I could kind of understand it. And maybe if there was a big bad sort of overseeing things, but. Yeah, it kind of just falls apart. And the fa- especially for what I understand of the of the loyalty and the lack of autonomy that people are expected to buy into with these fraternity houses and so on. Mm-hmm. I could have bought into the fact that it is just it was just an incredibly toxic fraternity, and they were, and they were you know indoctrinating those people into that with rhetoric versus the being. A magic mm. thing. It was a supernatural element for me, which was like, "Fuck me dead." Like I, mm. I'm quite comfortable with there being bad people in this. I don't want there to be. I kind of think it's a bit of a cop out to say, "Well, there was maybe one or two bad apples, but actually everyone else was just magic." <laughs> everyone else is just bloody yeah, exactly. Everyone else is just magic, and almost in a way, it undoes the the message of the film as well doesn't it It undoes the, the message of a lot of the people the main characters and stuff yeah. so and i and i totally get it from a point of view that um especially where you do lean, lean into the black christmas story that it is led by majority female cast and you want the you want there to be a female-led story in the solution and i did quite like it when they on your left them at the end and all the other women that you didn't think were going to help come and they have a big old battle. That was brutal. And that was quite a fun part when they're having like a big old battle and they're battering yeah. everyone in that thing. And then they lock all those people in that dorm room to die uh, in a big fire. Um, oh, ever so many fire hazards in this one. Um, so many fire hazards, yeah. The, the, the one thing we didn't cover in the 2006 Black Christmas that we get a Halloween 2 style sort of post-credits 20 minutes at the hospital where our survivors oh yeah of course fight think it's Agnes over and then... comes back again and she has to get before scream four surely uh yeah defibrillated to death and yeah. then billy goes out like a chump he does the he breaks the cardinal rule of fighting on the stairs and gets pierced on a spike pierced on a spy a christmas tree oh, spike. A christmas tree um yeah yeah so but in, but just to go back to 2019's I want that, you know, I, I think a female-led solution feeds really well into the story and the characters you're building out. So I wouldn't want the story to be that. And then there's a good bloke and he stands up to the horrible misogynists and he helps the yeah. women. I'm, I'm quite happy for it to be. I, I think it should be a female-led story. But I think yeah. you could have had, you could have dropped the supernatural element to me. And then you could have had, you could have had people and you could have maybe even told another story about how, yeah, there's horrible, it... toxic people, and there are other people that are around, but if you don't say things that call these things out, then mm. you aren't able to help with any of the 
solutions and you're useless in these situations. They could have... Yeah. I think it has the potential to continue to tell the story it wanted to tell and have the messages it wanted to tell, but maybe just from a pure horror mechanics area, dial down on one of those areas, get the supernatural yeah. element out of it, and you're probably a stronger spiritual, film for it. Spiritual successor it didn't want. And to be fair, a lot of the reviews for Black Christmas are really, really negative. And not necessarily because of the subject matter, because of the, like the, 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 the sort of messaging and stuff like that. Um, it does seem like people are just not a fan of it because it's a bit of a watered down slasher doesn't feel like a spiritual successor to either of the black christmas movies kind of just steps away from from that sort of style of slasher and despite the fact that the other two had sort of elements of of misogyny to them and there's an interesting story to tell there about abuse various different types of abuse um it just seems to like bypass that for for what feels like a bit of a um I don't want to say over the top, but a bit of a just heavy hand. I think heavy hand is the word I'm going to use to describe this. It just feels very heavy handed. Like some of the some of the dialogue options. I say options like there were more than one choice for each thing. Choice, yeah. Some things people say, I'm a bit like, oh, is that really what you're saying in this? Like it makes me kind of cringe rather than go, hell yeah, these characters are great. I want them to succeed. I want them to triumph over mm. these men. I want them to triumph over this over this situation. I get a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And yeah, some of the decisions are a bit dodgy. Um, I guess we, I guess we will rate all three of them. Um, and I guess do a little mini ranking. At yeah, the end. do a little mini ranking. How you rank them before you do that, little Ben? I'll let you get away with it. You've got to pick those three animals. Oh yeah, what's this? What was it? What was it again? Pick three. Uh, pick, pick your three favorite animals. The metaphor was is that the first one is the animal that you see in yourself. The second one was the animal you look for in a partner, I think. Oh and God. then the third one was the animal you look for in the qualities of your friends. Have you thought about this extensively? No, I haven't thought about it extensively. Uh, right. Uh, I look for it, seeing myself. Maybe it doesn't work if you know the metaphors before. Yeah, that's true. Maybe say, it doesn't. Pick three random like animals, a, quick. A howling gibbon. Uh, big loud big loud bastard uh big long attention, arms attention seeking big long arms uh just bothersome to everybody around them essentially sorry gibbon it's probably a bit harsh uh i look for in a, in a partner <clears throat> i don't know about you andy but i'm not interested in making any sort of relationship with an animal <laughs> what's the sexiest animal <laughs> the sexy cadbury's caramel bunny it's twice yeah, that one's come there up. There we go. <laughs> sexy, sexy Cabra's Caramel Bunny or the bunny from Space Jam. Girl Bunny. Is it in the sequel? <laughs> Lola Rabbit. Lola Rabbit. Um, there we go. Bunny. Or Lola Bunny, I guess, because she's related to both Lola, Bunny. Lola Bunny. And what was the third one? Friends. Yeah. Jesus. Do you also say ants because you like friends who can lift 10 times their I own like body friends weight. who can lift 10 times their own body weight and they can carry me. Uh, actually... What I look for in a partner is a praying mantis. Bite me head off and make love to me. Shag me, right? And then bite me head off and is that, Kill is me. that what does a praying yeah, mantis do want. that? Praying uh, mantis. Yeah. Uh, and friends I mean little lovely little puppies. Who can I what is my favourite thing to do with friends? Oh dogs, very loyal, very good. Loyal dogs, that's always good. What I'm trying to think of an animal that's got the banter. What animal's got got the banter? Actually, 
Cats have got pretty good banter. They knock things off the. Yeah. They're always they're always on the wind up, aren't they? Cats. Annoying. It's a difficult question, Andy. Right. What about you? R- what about right you? in everybody. Uh, for me, uh, hyenas, velociraptor. Um... It's not a bloody animal. Yes, it is. What? So you want a clever girl? Yeah. As as uh, somebody look for a partner, hyena. That's you, is it? Yeah. Whoopi, Goldberg, a, Whoopi, Whoopi a, Goldberg voiced. Silly old, silly old laugh, but you know, got all my mates with me. That's all right. Um, that's good. And then the last one, friends. It's hard, isn't it? Um, scorpion survive in any environment. There you go. Oh yeah, cockroach. Oh, spiders. I like creative types. Very inspirational. Oh yeah, they're always making a big old web that you just yeah, destroy, and, and you can inject people with fluid and desire and eat them from the inside out. That's what I look for oh. in friends. There you go. Yeah, so my answer is hyena, velociraptor, spiders. I like it. I like it. Uh, right. Are we got to do? Are we got to do a bit of name game? I've got a bit, a bit of, of name Christmas game for name you. Name Yeah. Very a nice. Black Christmas name game. Very very nice. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, what's the what what synopsis are you going to go for? Pick your poison. Which one do you want? I guess we should just do the original synopsis, shouldn't we? Yeah. Um, which is during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger on phone. I've added that. Okay, so during their Christmas holiday party, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a sportsman turned martial artist turned turned actor all round all time star sportsman turned martial artist turned yeah as it, yeah the this person has a style of martial art named after them in a video game and he's after him a style of martial art jackie chan christmas it's not Jackie Chan Christmas, unfortunately. Chuck Norris Christmas. No, began as a sportsman. He's a big tall man. This guy is a big tall man. He's a what, big sort of tall, era? what sort of big era? Tall sport? sportsman of the nineties. He's still going though. Maybe not. Shaq as a Christmas. Shaq, Shaq Christmas. Very Got good. Shaq Christmas. The, trying to think of all the tall fellows I know. Uh, very good. I like it. Have I got any? I think I got some. Okay. During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a duck. Is it Quack Christmas? It is Quack Christmas. Thank you. Um, during their Christmas party, a bunch of sorority girls, having thought they'd escaped him once, are in ever such a lot of trouble when Mark Morrison and his stun gun return for revenge. <laughs> stun gun? <laughs> Yeah, he got Return. done for that. Did he? Return of the Mac Christmas. Return of the Mac Christmas. I think I'm going on my best ones early. Sorry. <laughs> During their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger who's very angry at the wax job he recently received of all of his delicate Black areas. Sack and crack Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Black um... sack and crack Christmas. In this film, a group of sorority girls find themselves in ever so much trouble when they've been having just far too many little picky bits at their Christmas party and they're not going to be able to enjoy their dinner. 
Is it snack Christmas? Snack Christmas, it is. Very good. I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I got this right a second. Uh, so, Christmas 1974. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck's sake. I'm typing something and then... I'm definitely pressing enter, but it's just deleting it. <laughs> so, no, you can't. You can't search for that. You can't have that. You're not allowed. Uh, Christmas, 1974. Everybody gets a lovely Christmas present, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game where you've got to recreate certain athletic sports based on running, jumping, and throwing, and you've got to just tap the buttons as quick as you can. International track and field Christmas. <laughs> Correct. International track <laughs> brackets and field Christmas. <laughs> Very good. Very good. It was actually good. Okay. I don't. I don't think those can be topped. I think they're the best. Black Christmas. Yeah, that's it. That's all available. we need, isn't it? That's all we need. So we got to rate, rate. Let's rate the films and let's give them uh, a rating. So let's start off with our lowest rated film of the three. Is it 2019's Black Christmas? It is for me. 2019's Black Christmas. Yeah. How would you like to rate it? A to F. Uh, oh, a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an E. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go E plus. E plus. Yeah, because because yeah. I've rated films I've enjoyed a far a far lot more than this in the in the D brackets. These get degrees, Ben. I say this every time, but um. I don't think it quite passes the muster for me just because the the supernatural element comes so far out of left field and really yeah. derails what's been quite a grounded film until that point. And it I think it wasn't without potential. Um mm. you know, I can I can write off things like the um uh, you know, like the way that the kills are dealt with. I can deal with some of the characterization. These are choices you make but mm-hmm. uh, whether it was something that an edict that came in from the producers or something else but this supernatural element really just blows it for me it takes away any yeah. agency from all of the characters and it would have been uh, it would have been so much stronger for me if they hadn't done that so uh, yeah. an e plus for me E plus is fair. I mean, I was going to go for a D minus. That's not much different, is it? Uh, only because, you know, it just doesn't hold up as a spiritual successor to the other films. I'm totally on board with the sort of the, the feminist angle, even though the other films have got feminist elements to them, you know? Um, and I just think the fact that it goes in so hard on that, but doesn't back it up with like actual actual misogynistic bastards that, that we can see getting taken down and kind of just makes it have this supernatural element. It just feels a bit, as I said, heavy handed, but also like it just misunderstands the source material. And, you know, maybe it doesn't care about the source material. Maybe it's gone. This is a completely new story. But with everybody involved, like I like Imogen Poots. I think Imogen Poots is, is, is great. And she, I think she is great in this. It's just clunky. Very clunky. Yeah. Script is very clunky. Um, and and it, I don't even know if you can consider it a horror film. Almost felt like, at times, one of those sort of like young adult dramas, Netflix drama. I feel that... like it's something that you might see a little clip of 
being played at 1.5 speed to avoid copyright infringements in a Facebook Reels video. In a Facebook Reels video, yeah. Or you watch the whole film on TikTok, just like part one, part two, part three. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go D minus. I think, again, this is probably going to be, I know what you said in a little a little message earlier saying your number one is probably going to be um, a bit of a surprise, but what are you, are you going for number two? Uh, you know what? I'm going to show my vintage in my era. I'm not, yeah. it's, it's a narrow, it's a slither, Ben. It's by a slither. <laughs> but I'm going to give, I'm going to put the original in my second spot. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think just because there are a lot of films from the it from the like mid 2000s era that don't hit home for me. But I feel like 74 is a great film. It's 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 paced nice. It's like it's again an era of films that I do enjoy. It's paced nicely. I like those early slasher influences. I think the cast is great and the scares and the kills are, are very uh, methodical and good. Yeah. But something about 2006, it's the cast, it's the it's the over it's the ridiculous nature of it. It's that final act that we get away from the house uh in the hospital. I think it's uh I think it I think it's good. It's enjoyable. I think some, there are plenty of slashes from around that time that I've rewatched that perhaps don't hold up, whereas I feel like this one does. Uh so yeah, so I guess orig original original yeah. second for me as well, but what, what what would you like to rate it? Okay, so the original for me I think you you have to give it credit for all the things it goes on to inspire. Um, you know, you get those first person looks, you get the those yeah. disturbing phone calls and the use of the old urban legend. Really, really strong fundamentals. And actually, I really quite appreciated the asides, the conversations away from the actual bits of the the horror. I think those are some. Mm -hmm. really good sort of night and day in, in a horror movie where you get the safety of the daytime and then the horrors that come at night. But the delivery of the kills uh, are immediately outshone by things like Halloween that came afterwards. Um, and it's just a little bit opaque for me, like a little bit difficult to follow. I don't think it gives you quite enough to really latch on to. From my side, and there is also just as a piece of entertainment, an awful lot of time listening to someone answer an obscene phone call. Yeah, right. So it's still it's still good. I'll recognize recognize its heritage, and I will give it a C plus. I'm not against watching this again. I think certainly with with enough read with a bit of reading around the sides as well. I am interested to find out what else has been. You know, maybe some of the intentions there is. Uh, I did see when I was reading the notes on this, there is a novelization of it which came out the following year. Oh, and might, okay. you know, as it's Christmas, check that out. Check uh, it out. So ch the novelization came, uh, a novelization by Lee Hayes published in 1976. I might check out then a Lee Hayes novelization to see how much of what we saw in Black Xmas 2006 came yeah. from this novelization uh and see and see the build out of it i'll add it to the ever-growing reading list but yeah so, a, c, a c plus a c plus i'm gonna go for a straight c for the original 
um, and probably just a C plus for Black Xmas. And C plus probably sounds a little bit like harsh, but it's not harsh because I think C plus for me is like still enjoyable. But like I think B is where I'm getting into the realms of still enjoyable. Favorites. Watch them again, but yeah. but I enjoy. I watch it. I will watch again. A's are like the next. That's the next level, but C plus I think is is good enough for that. What what were you rating Black Xmas? Black, uh, Black Xmas. You know, I'm going to put them both on a C plus. The the that's how oh, it's a that's sliver. how it's a sliver sliver like it is because whereas Black Xmas, I'm going to call it that for for simplicity, having now made it take longer by explaining that's what I'm doing. But <laughs> um, yeah, for me, fractionally better. I would because of the modernity of it the people that are in it are people i recognize from being that age at the time when growing up so it's a lot about familiarity for yep. me unlike original black christmas it doesn't do a lot that it that would go on to inspire things it's very much taking the playbook of films that already exist and updating uh an older film right yep. so it's not it's not doing anything groundbreaking i don't think it's doing anything that isn't tried and tested and not trope worthy at this point but mm -hmm. it's a good holiday themed slasher movie yeah. it's got good kills and genuinely some of the visuals particularly with the plastic bags again maybe it's my sort of vintage specific Ben I, I grew up in an era where there were warnings about putting plastic bags on your, on your head and that there's a couple of bits about these things where uh, particularly one of them, I think it's when the boyfriend gets slurped off up into the loft and a plastic bag is put over his head and he breathes in and you see like the yeah. plastic yeah. pull to it's quite it's quite scary, I've never had a plastic bag stuck over my head, I imagine it'd be bloody horrible um, yeah it's quite it's quite visceral in it those it taps moments. into those real fears doesn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. if I was going to recommend any of it, I think if you're like of this era where 2000s horror like it stands up against things like urban legend and i know what you did Absolutely. last summer easily um if you uh, enjoy films like that, definitely go for this one if you're more of a classic if you're more of a classic case and you've got more classic tastes then probably the 1974 one i would say but both i would recommend so your your cc plus right yeah cc plus and you're going c plus c plus okay yeah so okay. i so we're there we go D minus C C plus and I am E plus C plus C plus. Fair enough. Close enough. Um there we go. That's all three versions of Black Christmas. Tell us what your favorite is. If you've seen all of them, if you haven't seen all of them, tell us which one you have seen and you do like. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen any of them, go and check out one or two of them. Depending on what we've I mean, said. all three if you've really got the stamina. All I three mean, if you've got the stamina, yeah. We've got, I would, we're all about I, stamina. I would actually, year. I'd love to hear from someone who really loves the 2019 Black Christmas. And if you've got yeah. a very different, if you've got a very different take on it, tell you what, I don't mind being wrong or people having alternative opinions. If you think that the supernatural element really made it for you, and maybe it was a glimmer of hope that blokes aren't just horrible it was a magic statue sometimes and being flippant but you know if you've got a different take on it i would love to think of a way that this could be yeah appraised differently so agree disagree yeah. give us your orders give us the ones you've been watching give us the ones you won't watch or hmm. might want to seek out 
Certainly the newest one, 2019, is on Shudder right now. Are the is the original one as well? Yeah, I think a couple of them might be on Shudder. Uh, Thankfully, I had uh, had hard copies of the all but the newest one. Oh, nice. Um, there we go then. That is all three versions of Black Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Of course, you won't be hearing our voices again until after the big day, so please enjoy yourselves. Uh, drink and eat responsibly or, or irresponsibly, you know, as long as you're in the comfort of your own home. Uh, watch a lovely festive horror film and fall as- surrounded by your loved ones. Fall asleep in front of the fire. Uh, be careful, though, you know. Fire houses yeah. are very real. Um, this is very real, and obviously, if you bad Santa from Silent Night, Deadly Night will come and scream "Punish" before bloody axing you. So be good. Punish. Uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to Taz Easton for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. And of course, if you're doing things like these are my favorite podcasts of the year, and you want to include us, do it. But tag us, please, so we can share it. Uh, at Horror Hangout Podcast on pretty much everything because we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, don't make a list of your least favorite podcasts and include us on it because that's just mean. Uh, next and week, you'll have outed around... yourselves and we'll be able to come and get you in a terrible revenge plot at Christmas time, possibly. We will. Maybe we'll be controlled by Black Ooze, though, so we won't, we won't be too. Uh, so, actually, not legally culpable. Okay. Not legally culpable, no. Uh, next week, it is the big end of year quiz. Andy, Quizmasters, putting together questions as as we speak, not right not now. As we speak, like, be ever so rude. A lot of podcasts reading as they're typing away <laughs> questions. But in moments that I'm not speaking to Ben or anybody else, building yeah. those questions up, ready for an end of year challenge. You need to work out when we're film when we're recording it, because of course yeah, but the next will... recording day is going to be Christmas Day. Couldn't possibly. No, we won't be doing that. But the episode will be out next week between Christmas and New Year. Not sure what day yet. Probably not the Wednesday, maybe like a little bit later in the week. So, Sometime yeah. after we record it, but before we record the next one. Exactly. Exactly. That's how it works. Um, has been over no, a it year. Is. Days but... mean nothing at Christmas. Relax. It's coming. Exactly. Betwixmas, someone called it recently. Yeah. Like between Christmas. I don't know. It's rubbish, isn't it? Uh, enjoy yourselves. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks, Andy, for being right. Horror dude. Thanks for being a right horror dude. Right. I was going to say all this year, Ben, but you might fail next week. So thanks for being a right horror dude so far <laughs> this year. Um, yeah. And I will see you next time. Falling at the final hurdle. Don't want to do that. Don't uh, do that. Be careful. Right. Don't put a plastic bag on your head. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.